and good afternoon, Xbox Nation. Welcome to this week's new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Boomstick XL. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking a lot about a lot of Xbox news. But more importantly, I think, folks, because it's the hot topic of the day, the one that literally has broken the internet and everyone is talking about it. So thanks to Pong Soul's suggestion, we're going to jump right into it after the introductions. Folks, we're going to be talking about some scale-bound news. Once again, the dragon that never dies comes back. And listen, uh, Platinum Games is uh, basically begging for this game to be made. And we're going to break down exactly what that means. And uh, if, if it's even worth a conversation, because I'm going to be honest with you, um, I really liked what I saw. I understand that maybe they need to do a couple of design changes. And the guy with the headphones that seemed like a, you know, a, like a punk kid riding a dragon may or may not be your thing. But it was different. And it was from Platinum. And, and you know what? To be honest with you, it was a shame that that game got canned. Uh, personally, I would love to see it come back, especially under the tutelage of uh, Phil Spencer, who would be leading the uh, the conversation here. But before we get into that, let's get into the introductions. And, folks, we got the whole crew back with us today. Everyone is here. And we'll start first with Pong Soul. Pong, what's going on, brother? Welcome back. It's amazing to be back. <laughs> I always miss my Tuesdays when I got to do the real life stuff. Uh, so boo for real life. Yeah, boo for real life. Boo for making money. <laughs> boo for paying bills. Screw all that. I'd rather just talk video games all day with you brothers. That's for dang sure. So, no, great to be here. Boom. Uh, yeah. So, we actually have a week here where it's kind of a normal news week. So, yes. we are definitely going to uh, dive into some topics. Nothing Nothing earth-shattering this week for once, uh, but uh, it is going to be fun. I am happy to be here. Chat, you all are looking amazing this morning or afternoon, depending on where you are. So yep. let's get down to business because the zombie of Scalebound keeps rising from the grave. Indeed. And it's kind of a fun topic. So let's do it. You know, you know what? Believe it or not, one of my most anticipated topics of today is uh, celebrating Phil Spencer and his big announcement that he is uh, getting this monster award, a Lifetime Achievement Award at the DICE 25th anniversary show. Uh, I don't think there's, a, uh, there's another uh, uh, leader in gaming that deserves this award this year. I think that when you look back at uh, where he started, folks, if you didn't know, he was an intern, and now he is the head of Microsoft Gaming. Go talk about uh, you know going from rags to riches, so to speak. Uh, and I'm I'm very interested to talk about what Phil's done to get this award and the fact that he is now being, uh, you know, uh, spotlighted for it. I, I think it's in, it's in incredibly important considering that at, at some point, Pong, Microsoft uh, almost kicked the bucket when it came to Xbox and literally uh, Phil and, and, and his, his, you know, his ideology of where the brand could go snatched it from the jaws of defeat. Pretty interesting. Very interesting, and again, this is well-deserved. Steele and I actually talked about this on Living Split Screen on Saturday, um, and yeah, you're absolutely right, Boom. I can't wait to dive into it a little bit because Phil is extremely deserving of this award uh, for everything that he's done, not just for Xbox, but for the industry as yes. a whole, Imp and important. That, yeah. that's the big thing. So yeah, that's going to be a fun topic as well, sir. 
Yep. Listen, Boxenberger, welcome back. You dropped an awesome video yesterday. As a matter of fact, thank you. We're going to be talking about that not only through you know to get people to go check out the video, but we're going to be talking about the context of that video. And folks, when it's broken down uh, as clear as glass as it was during uh, his his upload yesterday, man, Microsoft has a ton of games in development, and some Indeed. of which we don't even know. So it just goes to show you that. The whole mantra of Xbox has no games is a long dead discussion. And it, it is going to come to a point where, damn, Microsoft has too many games because I can't seem to get through all of them. Boxenberger, welcome back, brother. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Like Just like Pong, yeah. Um, I miss my brothers if I can't make it here on Tuesdays. Uh, but, you know, life sometimes comes in the way. So, but Real we are life. back. The band is back together. And even though we have no of uh, shaking news there's still a lot of uh, stuff going on in the video game industry and we are going to talk about it so i can't wait yes yeah well it's great to have you back brother and yeah i can't wait to get into them mav man how the heck are you how you feeling and welcome back to the show hey it's great to be back i feel like it's been forever i'm super happy we got the full squad here minus minus three bit if he ever decides to show back up <laughs> one day one day he's, he's modeling brother that guy's in hawaii modeling, modeling brother i understand he's what all playing with is. ducks and lizards right now i guarantee you that's what he's doing but hey uh this is gonna be fun man this scale bound thing will never die it's insane i i just can't believe it so we're going to have some fun talk today about a lot of awesome stuff, and I'm looking forward to do it with all of you amazing people. And hello, chat. How are you doing? Well, listen, it's great to have you back. And yes, the uh, chat is on fire already. And last and in no way least, Mr. Joanna Dark, newest member of the Xbox Factor podcast. Welcome back to the program, brother. How are you? How are you feeling? Happy Tuesday. I'm good. You know, rise from your grave. Will Phil Spencer be the father of dragons and bring back Scalebound? So that's exciting. That's yeah, a good title it, name. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> well, I mean, look, it's uh, we're going to get into it. Now, normally I don't use IGN's articles, but it happened to be the one that was put into the DM. Uh, so I want, I want, I'm going to give them credit. Uh, speaking with IGN Japan, Platinum President uh, at, at Susushi Aneba explained that Scalebound creator Hadaki Kayama. Uh, was talking about wanting to bring this IP back, and this is uh, this is something he's been talking about with the heads of Platinum Games for quite a while, according to the report. Now, Kamiya himself did tweet directly at Phil Spencer once again, and this is something that's becoming a uh, uh, you know an ongoing thing. And he says this, and I quote: "I'd like to appeal to Phil Spencer directly. Let's do it, Phil." Now, look, um, according to the article, Enaba uh, made it clear that this is, isn't an idle wish, that they, but they'd like to reopen talks with Microsoft about the idea of bringing Scalebound back to the Xbox as an exclusive. And this was uh, a direct quote from that J uh, IGN Japan interview. And he says this, folks. Often, in an interview, you might hear a developer politely saying, yes, if we had the opportunity, we'd love to work on that again. But we don't mean it that way. Both Kayama and, uh, and I are serious. We really would love to work on Scalebound once again. I'd like to discuss it with Microsoft properly. Um, now, he, he goes on to say, development 
had progressed a fair way, and it seems pointless for Microsoft to just hold on to that if they're not going to do anything with the IP. And again, I reiterate, he says in English, Phil, Phil, let's do it together. Pong, look, this is, <laughs> this is one of those things that just will just not go away. No. And I'm happy to talk about it because, quite frankly, as I said in the opening of today's show, I think Scalebound is a very interesting IP. And it would be a pretty cool story to have that during the, Ma the Don Matrix era where this game started, when Phil Spencer took over, they decided that, yes, there, 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 was, there was enough money had been spent and the game wasn't going to come to fruition. For you, is this IP that has a, an incredible legacy and, and it's basically vaporware, <laughs> do you think that this game and Platinum Games, for that matter, deserves another shot with Microsoft in making it? Yeah, we, we've discussed this here before a little bit back in the day when these these this started popping up again. Again, this is the zombie that just keeps coming back from the grave. Um, for me personally, yes. Uh, I think it is something that you should revisit. Um, I've said in the past that I think that Xbox should work with Platinum Games again. Um, yeah. And if they really, really want to do this, and they really... Look, when you, as a creator, as he was kind of talking about in that paragraph, it, if you've created something and it was an original IP, and it was obviously something that, you know, even though it didn't work out, even though we've heard that on that side, they had so many issues working with the Unreal Engine because that's what Microsoft told them to do and they had no experience in it. And we will never know the full true story. But if they created this new IP, it obviously was something that they loved because that's what you do when you are creating things. You don't create things per se that you don't like. Sure, there are some people who probably work on games that they don't like, but this was an original idea. And I think that the the them wanting to go back to it this bad, that they're out here in the public. And yes, a little a little bit of this is, of course, business at the end of the day. Microsoft is throwing around a lot of money right now. They're coming back, you know, in, <laughs> in spades right now, as far as from where they were last generation. Does all of that have something to do with it? Yes, Xbox is a hot, hot commodity right now. Okay, so of course, from a business standpoint, they want to do this. But also from, I think, a personal standpoint, to be out here, to finally come out in interviews and admit that you had fault in the entire situation after all these years. And I know there's still some people that hold extreme grudges against Platinum Games. And I understand why. Again, when your favorite, you know, when, when your favorite uh, box is Xbox and you have a, a dev that seemingly stole money uh, in some ways from uh you know, Xbox and did not give a finished product that you were looking forward to. I understand why you hold some of that grudge, but at the end of the day, if they want to come back to it this badly, uh, sometimes that motivating factor to prove everybody wrong, to prove to Xbox and Microsoft that you are a worthy dev uh, and that, you know, you are going to finish something that you created you could wind up with something extremely special out of it. You could get Platinum's Best. And we know with Platinum's Best, you get one fantastic game. And so for me, I would take the shot. I would pick up the phone. 
and I would talk to them. Now, obviously, any new contract would come with a ton of, uh, of of disclaimers and and clauses uh, in there, right? And it, this would be like as much as we talk about how you know Phil and his team are hands off with creators. This one would be a little bit more handsy, okay? Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I definitely would be keeping an eye on it and where we're going. But if they think about it, what we saw, and again, I understand the idea, the concept, and and what we saw isn't for everybody, right? I I like the Eastern flavor. So I like some of that craziness. I like some of that uh, head headphone wearing dudes riding dragons, right? I'm cool with that. It, yeah. Not everybody is, but at the end of the day, when you look at what they could bring, this could be a fantastic IP current gen only. They already have much of the, the, the time-consuming work done, right? They have all the concept. They have the story. They have all of that. They have a lot of the assets. They could update those, right? And they could bring it current-gen only. And you could have a fantastic game come out of this uh, that looks really, really good. Now, we heard it didn't play so well, but that was under the constraints of last-gen, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, with the series consoles, they could probably fix a lot of the performance problems that they were having. Again, nothing's guaranteed here. I'm not saying this is an automatic hit, but if you get Platinum's best, then you get that Eastern, again, Phil's talked about it, right? The Japanese Platinum Games has a name in Japan for sure. It's Bayonetta funny, I, I was actually going to say something in regards to yeah. that, you, you know, yeah. please take, take this yeah. and run with it because it's very interesting. It, it if, if there's one area that Microsoft continues to, to, to falter. Well, they faltered before. Now they're starting to grow. People are starting to buy Xbox. Look on Twitter. Look on your social media feeds. How many of our Asian uh, brethren and, 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 and sisters out there are posting pictures of their new, their new Xbox Series X and S, right? All right. the time you're seeing it. And because Xbox is becoming a thing. And you know something? I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to let you take this ball and run with it. If you want to get that audience, you need to have a company like Platinum Games making an exclusive for that box. And who better, I hate to say this, people may disagree with me, than Platinum. Right, exactly. And they still hold, they still carry weight. Why did Nintendo go and buy exclusivity for Bayonetta? Right, Because Platinum Games holds weight over there. And so I think that if you let them do this, that is one way back in. Plus you show good faith again, whether it's deserved or not at the end of the day, you're showing good faith to a Japanese developer, giving them a second chance at redemption. And I love redemption stories. Who does not love a redemption story? So that right there, you send goodwill that way. And you show those devs over there. Hey, might've had problems in the past with platinum games. But we're willing to move past it completely and go ahead and allow a dev to come back and work on a game that they had started for us. And I think you can't really put a price on that. Now, it may seem trivial to a lot of people, but yeah. in the business world and in the in that satellite view of things, when you look at the big picture, something small like that could go a long ways in the future towards Indeed. other relationships over there. And so I think that this is a moment in time. Again, I don't want to make it bigger than it is as well. We've talked about how Scalebound's a dead game, but I think Phil really should sit back and consider the possibilities 
the long and he's really good at doing that. And I think this is something again, you take that phone call. And again, there's a lot of there's a lot of caveats to this, right? There's a lot of things that would have to be talked through about how they were going to go about doing this. But at the end of the day, you make this happen, and I think you could really reap the rewards from something like this. A new IP. Everybody's always clamoring for new IPs from a an established developer who, yes, has had hits and misses, but when sure. they are on their A game and you get their best, you have some of the greatest titles out there from them. Um, and, and I think you give it a shot. I, I just really think it's worth a shot. Uh, you know something? You, know, you said something at the end of your, 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 your spiel there that I think is very interesting. And because they're so passionate, I, I would imagine that the work that's going to go into this could be legendary. Yeah. Uh, but, exactly. But, but I, I want to bring I want to bring Boxenberger into the conversation. Uh, Boxenberger uh, at uh, at Sushi Inaba says this, and this is pretty interesting. He said it was a big challenge for Platinum Games. We were working in an environment we weren't used to. We were developing on Unreal Engine, and we're also we were also we also lacked the necessary know how to build a game based on the online features that Microsoft wanted. The hurdles we had to overcome were very big. Now, obviously, there are a lot of people in this community, Boxenberger, that feel a type of way because the president of, of Platinum Games kind of let my, my Microsoft, more specifically uh, Phil Spencer, kind of take it on the chin. Like he got hit with arrows <laughs> left and right, and Platinum Games kind of did this. Right. It wasn't until almost a year later where they came out and said, you know something, folks, it wasn't Phil Spencer's fault. It was on us. Now, it why wasn't it took... a year. That was five years later. Well, there you go. They, they came out two months ago or yeah, three months yeah. ago and so, said that. Here, and... Here's my question to you. OK. Yeah. This game is it's it's like one of those games. That even though looks, uh, what, what's that game that 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 never came out that was based on the RTS that was an action stealth game back in the N sixty four day uh, the uh, GameCube or the N sixty four days, um, Ghosts oh from yes, Ghosts? yes, Starcraft yes, Ghostcraft. Yes. Ghost. Listen, yep. when you talk about Starcraft Ghosts, right? People are still to this day, even after the announcement that that was the first game. People were like, hey, Microsoft, you want to bring back something. That's I said in, it. In, <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Perfect example. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So it's going to yeah. – this is one of those titles, those IPs that invoke a lot of excitement because of what the potential was. And based on what we're hearing and based on what, what, what uh, Pong just finished saying, I, I honestly believe that this is a game that Platinum wants to make and they want to do it right. They they want to prove to the world that they're worthy of a second chance. Where do you fall in this? It is Scalebound an IP that could potentially explode in Japan yeah. in a region that Microsoft wants to succeed in. Yeah, well, I'm I'm a little torn here to be honest. Um, I didn't think that what they have shown looked too good it looked fine but nothing mind-blowing and the way how they handled the entire thing didn't well isn't isn't really what gentlemen do in the business space yeah <laughs> no no you're, you're, you're right, right. Um, hey, 
so, Archimedes, can, Archimedes, can I can I add some context to this? Because yeah. Jez, Jez weighed in on this on Twitter. So and Jez does know something. So let me just let me just throw this in there because somebody threw yeah, sure. out somebody threw out a tweet that said reasons why Xbox should reject Platinum's games uh, offer to finish Scalebound. They misappropriated funds from MS to finish other games. They let MS carry the public blame for years. Uh, did Scalebound honestly look that good or we were just hyped for the potential of what it might be? And Jez responded to that tweet and said, number one, uh, about the misappropriated funds, uh, Jez says, was an industry rumor, but have been told now that it wasn't actually true. The real issue was the requirement to use Unreal Engine, which Platinum was unfamiliar with. Uh, as far as they let MS carry the public blame for years, uh, Jez said, also not really true. NDAs dictated what they could and couldn't say. And then obviously, as far as did it look wow, good that's, or not. Wow, that's super yeah. interesting. Yeah. That changes yeah. the entire narrative, Pom. Right, right. I just saw this tweet now. He posted about he posted his response yeah. about an hour ago, but I just caught it now. And then yeah, obviously, dude, as far as catch, it looked good. brother. Yeah. Great catch. Yeah, yeah well. Yeah, so. I, I wanted to say about the entire um, funding and mistreatment thing, I think that is something that is really hard for us gamers to judge um, because that's business. And I think this happens more often than we, we uh, realize that games didn't don't turn out. And that's why they have these, these milestones and um, these, these clauses in their contracts that they have to reach certain targets, certain goals so that they can exit. This happens, I think all the time. Um, and I think this is, isn't, shouldn't really be the, the reason why we hold a grudge if you want to. The, for me, the public blame thing. Well, I haven't thought about the NDA thing. That is that is definitely an interesting um, very argument. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting uh, thing. Um, could definitely be that there were certain NDA uh, uh, things in in place. Um, for me, the the thing is, yeah, I'm. I see what why Microsoft would need or want such a game. They need these Japanese game, kind of games, and um, having a, a an exclusive platinum game uh, definitely is a name that 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 we we like to hear. And um, when we talk about the Xbox portfolio, on the other hand, like I said, I think it Scalebound didn't look too great, um, to be honest. Um, I think it is more of what people wanted the game to be than what it actually is. Um, so if they partner up with a uh, with a platinum, I would rather have them make, for instance, an, a new near automata or uh, something like that. Um, I don't know whether we need really the scalebound thing. From what they have told us, um, what what the game was uh, supposed to be, it's this. Open world online RPG. I think we get a lot of those in the Xbox ecosystem. We will get a lot of RPGs. Some of them will feature co-ops. Others will, will be pure single-player experiences. I think we get these kind of games from um, developers that are more established in in that respect. And I think um, Platinum should stick to what they uh, do best, and that is the are these classic uh, brawler-like RPGs uh, games like those. Um, so I, I really don't know whether I want it. Would I play it um, if it if they decided to partner up again? Definitely. Um, I of course I want to see what it turns out to be, but I think Xbox has so many other games in the making. I don't really know whether they actually need this. And one last thing, um, 
it's to me it is a little bit weird to make such a statement on a public interview if you want to partner up with xbox you contact them um to do that through such an interview that seems had to me the taste of being a little bit unprofessional do you um i i wouldn't expect uh any other dev to come out to ign and and ask phil through an interview of ign uh to to partner with them you pick up the phone you call your people within the company and you do that behind closed doors um and and not like this in public um so yeah I'm I'm not a big fan of how this entire thing was handled, and so maybe that's why my excitement isn't through the roof. You know, look, here's the thing. I, I kind of want to take this and bring this to Mav's doorstep with a different angle, um, because here's here's the thing, okay? Microsoft is currently in a position that they're doing very well here in this region of the world. That's, that's a fact. They're starting to gain ground in Europe, which is great. Uh, obviously, they would did fantastic during the 360 era, lost that to PlayStation 4 and Jim Ryan when it was run by him, where it was almost a six to one uh, ratio PS4 versus Xbox One for obvious reasons. Japan has has always been a very tough region. I, I would even dare say it's it, it's been uh, it's, it's like no man's land for Microsoft right now. Currently, they're doing better than they've ever done. Right. And Platinum Games is a legacy studio that has legacy developers still attached to it. Scalebound is an IP that invokes a lot of conversation, whether it be good, bad, or otherwise, it's still invoking conversation. And it's a game that a lot of people want to see come to fruition. Here's something else that's pretty interesting, Matt. Phil Spencer himself has talked and has said publicly that they want to own a Japanese studio in that region. Now, they do have one with Tango Games, but that came with the, 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 the whole purchase of Bethesda. Wouldn't it just be one of those, like I said, I, I'm, I'm all about comeback kid stories. Maybe because I, I, I'm a simpleton like that. I, I, I like seeing something that everyone is poking fun at and was uh, expecting to fail and did fail come back in a big way and surprise us all. I love stories like that. I watch film like that all the time. And, I've, and you've, hear, you've heard more times than not that this act, things like this actually happen. What if Scalebound scale and Microsoft do take a chance? And it turns out to be one of the best second-party games that they make. This is an opportunity to say, hey, listen, this worked out really well. You want to continue scale-bound. How about a purchase? How about Microsoft owns Platinum Games? I think that's a match made in heaven. That, again, that, that's my personal opinion on it. And, you know, obviously, five and six and seven years ago, uh, you know, things were different. Management were different. Things have changed on both companies. Where do you feel? First of all, let's start with the, the simple question. Does Platinum Games deserve a second shot at this map? Okay. All right. So first off, hey, everybody hit that like button for Boom. 
We got thank you, sir. Thank you. Two hundred and seventy uh, some people in here. We got eighty-eight likes. Let's get those. That's likes. absurd. I, I, you know what? If we don't get up to two hundred likes, I'm pulling the plug. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I'm using terror tactics. I see my my, go. my my good friend Josh over at the Den of Nerds. He says that he he says it all the time. If we don't get the likes up, I'm turning this bus around. And I agree with him now. This is absurd. Hit the damn like button, folks. All right. Yeah, it's it's a little click. Hey, hey look at that. It just jumped. Look at that. I love all right, it. guys. There we go, I, boom. You got to assert that authority. I love it. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> all right, guys. No, seriously, though. All right. For all of this talk about, like, why shouldn't they has always been about these rumors and stuff, right? And even if, I, I got a video that's, like, waiting to upload right now. Like, it just asking the, the question, should they, right? Should they revive this? Should Phil swallow his pride and say, like, hey, let's go ahead and do this, you know? And... All of that cons are all about swallowing your pride, right? And about if all those rumors were true, about misappropriating of funds and all, and all of these things. The realistic thing is none of us really know what happened, right? And none yeah. of us really know 100% all of the things that happened, except that the game didn't get, uh, wasn't being worked on to the satisfaction of Xbox and the game eventually got canned, right? Yeah. That's all we know to this point, 100%. We we do know that, you know, they did come out and they took some of the blame, right? Uh, eventually uh, blaming it a lot of it on the Unreal Engine stuff and all these kind of things, right? Um, so now it's looking at, okay, what are the, what are the pros? What are, what, are the, what are the things we could eventually get out of this? And I think there's just way too much positive for them to not look at it, it with with an open mind, right? Because there's so many opportunities that can develop out of this. It's not like Platinum Games is a bad developer. Like, even since Scalebound's got canceled, they've made Astral Chain. Uh, Which was amazing, made, by the way. Uh, near Automata. Yep. I mean, you're talking about two games that were really, really high, highly praised, right? <laughs> so it's not like you can just say, well, Scalebound... Didn't look so good, so I don't know. I mean, like, this is a top-tier developer. Bayonetta, you know, I mean, you got lots of franchises that they've created that are successful. So you look at it and be like, okay, what can we gain here? You could potentially gain a top-tier Eastern franchise, an IP that's exclusive on your platform yep. that is known for being a top-tier uh, Eastern-style action game, right? That's huge. That is a huge plus. No matter what anybody wants to say pro versus con or like swallowing the pride they screwed us over before let's not give them another chance for me personally it's not my money if if they want to go and take a, a chance and uh let them play around and see if they can't get scale bound out i'm all for it because you know it's not costing me a thing you know i'm not really watching a microsoft's pocketbook i'm not like oh guys you know what you don't want to spend that money now okay yeah, you don't want to waste your money on that. You know, you got to make some savings. You know, I'm not worried about Microsoft's pocketbook. Okay. If they want to go and they want to fund that as a consumer, I get a chance to play more games in Game Pass, more variety, right? It's a win. And we need more of those types of games in Game Pass, right? <laughs> so it's not just about Scalebound in itself. It's about developing that relationship as well. Because if you hit it with this game, you could potentially have a relationship that's going to go forward with multiple games. And who knows, like, boom, like you said, maybe it could grow into something special. And, and, I think, and, Matt, yeah, Matt, go ahead. Can I, 
here's my thing about uh, the question that um, Boom proposed about owning Platinum Games. They don't own their IPs. A lot of their games they made were yeah. were made by other people. And one of the things that came out in, in a report, I think this was back in in a Game Informer article, was that they were looking to now start self-publishing at one point and owning their IPs because they've only worked on a lot of things that were either licensed or someone came to them and said, hey, can you make this? So yeah. my thing is, you know, what are you really buying? I get it. You need talent. But if you have something like Tango that already has talent, you know, you want also a Japanese developer that has some type of IP. Um, yeah, that, that kind of brings it. Tango is more of like that horror game company, right? So like, yeah, I, what, what the one thing that Phil said he was most excited about, about the Activision Blizzard acquisition, the thing he was most excited about was the teams, right? Because out of everything talent is the biggest commodity you can have in this That's industry correct. right now. Yeah. And there is something about the Platinum Games style that they've made. I mean, you've had lots of great games, and they have a classic style to them. They're, they're one of the best, whether anybody wants to say out there, they're the one of the best at action games, at that traditional Japanese-style action hack-and-slash. You know, Bayonetta, look, just look at Bayonetta, right? There's a reason it stands above as one of the best action games out there. We forgot Vanquish also, which is another good one. Van- Vanquish, Vanquish, Metal Gear Rising, Revenge. Metal Gear Rising too. was, yeah. dude, a lot of people passed on that. Metal Gear Rising is a gem among gems. Transformers Devastation. Hey, don't write that off. That game was pretty sick, okay? Yeah. The, the Ninja Turtles game didn't really do it for me, right? Yeah, that was terrible. But But there are a lot. <laughs> of really great games that they have made Indeed. and to think that they're just going to forget how to make a game all of a sudden like you have a stable of ip with xbox now you have so much ip so much dormant ip and they're also kicking off new ip like crazy right yeah. um, they're investing in so many third-party companies as well to create new ip and in, in their own first party ip for me is not a is not a huge reason as to not eventually lead down that path Scalebound in and of itself is another new IP, right? So it's not something that I, I worry about with them. In fact, they've made a lot of new IP for other companies, including Bayonetta, uh, Vanquish, and, and so on, right? So for me, I'm looking at them as like, hey, they can create new IP that people get excited about. Plus, they also know how to do this frequently and consistently. Now, if the Unreal Engine thing was a problem, to say, hey, move past that work on what you want to be comfortable with. And I think that's something that Xbox has learned in the past as well. Uh, they've talked about this uh, to stop kind of forcing studios to do specific things and let them be themselves and act work creatively. So, but also I think platinum games may have been uh, grown a little bit since them. So uh, oh, sure. it'd be interesting to see uh, Like if they did have a success with Scalebound, if, if that did happen and if they did move forward with this, um, where could that lead? It could lead to getting more, Japanese style games on Xbox, and if yeah. that's what the result is for me, I I think it's worth the risk. Um, Phil Spencer is he willing to swallow his pride? If that's what it is, then then I don't know. We'll see. You know, but uh, that's what it would take, I think. And, and let's not forget, too, Platinum Games just came out and said that they want to start making more online games, and yeah. this was supposed they to be did. a co-op multiplayer game, correct? Right. Yeah. So. What, again, if they are moving in that direction and they're looking at opportunities to try to get in that space, well, obviously Xbox is the place to be right now for those types of games. And Scalebound, Scalebound could be a perfect game for them to prove that they can move in that direction with those multiplayer online games 
And like Mav just got done saying, Women's If Scalebound comes out fantastic. Again, there's no guarantees in any of this stuff. Yeah. It's always a risk. But what happens if Scalebound does come out? Comes what, out what if it's a hit? What if it's what a, is a it, hit? Yeah. Now, you now know, you've got I, this great multiplayer game uh, IP, this new IP that takes off. And now you've got something else to add to that stable of Xbox Game Pass games that are perfectly suited for multiplayer experiences. And all of a sudden, now you've got a Eastern Japanese one to yeah. throw in there as well. Man, I just don't understand that. the I case think... against it because it's yeah. like, it, why are we worried about Microsoft's money? I think Platinum Games you know is, a, I mean? is a is a is a is a is a a studio that has so much creativity. They're just you know they're restricted by the fact of you know the funding that they get. They kind of remind me a little bit in a sense of Remedy that's always looking to partner with someone. You know, in the sense, and Platinum had some games, but they they seem like the the dev that has to keep making some of these games that are hit or miss to just stay afloat and then be yeah. able to create some of their passion projects. And we've seen it, like like Mav said, like Pong said, like Oxenberg with Nair Automata. You know, Astral Chain, which is amazing. So they they have great ideas. Wonderful 101, which is another great game I used to play on the Wii U. Yep. Um, so they do have some great um, you know, games out there. Well, look, before we bring uh Joanna Dark into the conversation, let me uh catch up some of the super chats. The first one of the day comes to us from generous friend of the show, John TJ drops a very generous, outstanding five-hour super chat and says, Hey guys, do you think Microsoft buys CD Project Red, Bioware, or or even Crytek? Crytek's the only one on that list. CD Project Red is is uh is is it's, that'd be an expensive purchase for sure. They're just I don't know if they're the same studio after the hack and after, you know, there's a, there's a lot of issues over there. I don't know. Personally, Bioware, good luck with that. You're not getting that from uh, EA. EA would probably just close Bioware if they fail on Dragon Age and um, the next Mass Effect, whatever that's going to be. Hopefully that that, in fact, isn't the case. We also have, let's see, let me catch them. We have one from Black Sausage, drops an outstanding $2 super chat and says, what is dead may never die. Hashtag scalebound. Indeed, brother. I like what you're talking about right there. I, I want to see scale come a scalebound come back because I like dragons. I like punk kids with headphones on riding dragons. And I also like comeback stories. So you know what? I'm a big old nerd like that. And I would I'd love to see them give them a second chance. Hell, I would love to see them even potentially at some point. Yeah, you know, like I said, like Pond just said, what if this happens to be uh, a b- huge hit in the eastern region and it starts selling xbox and xbox game pass like crazy that's a studio that that that, that lines up with hey man we may, maybe we should consider acquiring them because platinum games is legendary and more importantly they're legendary in japan a region they want to expand i'm just saying that the writing is kind of on the wall there let me see. Uh, we had a, quite a few other super chats come in. Let me see if I let's see if I can find them. First of all, Crazy Lou's in the chat. Crazy Lou, what's going on, brother? You making these videos, man? Love them. Love to see them. Um, okay, here's the other one. Uh, Dan, Lazaro. don't encourage him. Boom. <laughs> we, have, we, we have to stoke the fire here. Uh, Dan Lazaro drops an outstanding five dollars super chat and says, uh, "Don't take your girl back after she cheated on you. If Phil gives these fools a second chance, and they do, and they do the same thing, he'll look like a clown." Hey, let yeah. me say something to this too, Boom. Sure. Okay, sure, so <laughs> imagine the world tomorrow. Xbox announces Scalebound is back in development, and they release a video between Phil Spencer and Hideki Kamiya, and they address 
the whole situation. Yeah. And they say, but we're going to make this a great game, and it's going to be in Game Pass Day 1, coming out in twenty early 2024. And it's going to be everything you ever hoped for it ever could be, right? Do you not think there would be, like, amazing excitement throughout the Xbox Dude, community all of a sudden? Dude, it would steal the show it, in it regards huge. to... So, like, yeah, you yeah. know, hey, like we're all going to pretend like, oh, you know, they burned me before. I'm not going to give them a second chance. If that got announced, who are we kidding? We just got another big time exclusive dropping into Game Pass Day One, unlike any other game that we have coming out, unless that IO Interactive game is like a scale down. Who knows exactly? But that's true. We'll that see. True. You know, right. I I just think the excitement that would come from that would would over dominate any of these like concerns that we're having now. Oh, should they should they swallow that pill and not and you know it's I mean come on really it's a new game yeah you know I agree. we get excited about new games. I absolutely right there. And you know, Rain G4, generous and good friend of the show. He says this hashtag save scalebound. <laughs> we should we should run that. We should run that. The Xbox Factor crew should get out there and post hashtag save scalebound. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that right live on the air. And you know what? Retweet it. Let 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 Phil that we know that you want this. Let Camilla know that you want this. Let Platinum Games know you want this. And maybe, maybe we maybe we could will it into actual existence i i I don't know um we also have uh jc claramore good friend of the show he drops very generous two dollars super chat and says didn't xbox need a second chance after the red ring of death indeed there jc claramore i like the i like what you're putting down there excellent well great point and you know what they're still around we gave them a second chance didn't we folks listen mr joanna dark uh this is this is a hotly uh debated topic there there listen if, if if you're on the fence and you're like yeah i don't know so much about them you know i you know they kind of did microsoft wrong well they did and that's a fact uh we you know jez corden like uh, pong said it brought up into the conversation listen i trust uh jez uh indubitably uh that's a guy that uh is you know he he's he's on the pulse of gaming and he knows what he's talking about and it's why I use a lot of his articles in most of the work that I do because I trust him. Um, and if he's saying that uh, some of the other things were falsities and you know just rumors and uh, maybe NDAs were you know a part of the conversation, you got to understand. If you've never, I've signed several NDAs when I worked with Microsoft to bring Larry Herb to the Xbox Factor podcast interview. I had to sign an NDA. I couldn't talk about it. Uh, and if I would have, I'd have been in big trouble. NDAs are, are, are the real deal. So if they couldn't talk about it because of you know specific NDAs, maybe that's why they couldn't get out there and defend Phil, even though they wanted to. I, I'm not making excuses. I'm saying it's a possibility. But Mr. Joanna Dark, this is a game I don't think we're ever going to stop talking about. And I think that there are certainly more pros, in my personal opinion, than cons where do you fall on returning to the world of Scalebound? You know, they say, what, two wrongs don't make a right, right? That was a song. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, it's business at the end of the day. I'm pretty sure in the it industry. Also, there was also a song, it takes two to make something right. So there you yep. go. <laughs> you know, we, we've seen so many, you know, different things that happen, you know. But at the end of the day, unless you really screwed something over, it's always business, right? And you can always repair. Look what Xbox did, right, in the Xbox One era. Bad messaging, everything. Now, a lot of developers are coming back and saying, you know what? We love working with the person out there. So again, forgiveness, second chances, right? Because everyone wants to make money. Um, it's funny that I kind of saw this tweet from Hideki Kamiya because it reminds me of the same thing that uh, Tomonobu Ite, uh, 
Ita- Itagaki did the guy Itagaki. yeah from, from, from Itagaki, Gaiden. yeah saying he wanted he wanted to work and you know again funding right and to kind of uh go on Pong Souls thing was the fact that when I look at Microsoft before and I look at Platinum and I look now right Microsoft has tools so let's just say now with the tools that they're putting there for developers you know Playfab and all that Outriders was on Playfab right um those deficiencies that maybe are are were you know are were there are now available for these people to help them, right? And platinum and make me make the game. And it makes sense with the, the way Game Pass wants these games to kind of be connected. And it's funny that certain affinity was making a a monster-esque-like game. And when I look at Scalebound, I was watching it as everyone was talking. Scalebound reminded me of a single-player narrative, kind of Scalebound, Horizon Zero Dawn, of course, because it had a dragon. Um, type of game and it just when i keep looking at this game and i keep looking at the dragons and the monster it reminds me of a monster hunter game and what if you know they had this grand idea and because of the technology at the time and the fact of the vision on one side when it came from microsoft the person providing the money and then platinum just wasn't working at the time but there's something there um when i looked when i first saw the game i wasn't convinced but when i was looking at it right now there's potential there um in the sense of you know, I guess first pitch the idea. I would, if I was, you know, Phil or anyone who's going there to talk with Platinum, let me know exactly what I'm getting myself into. Give me the idea and then kind of weigh it against what maybe certain affinity or maybe some other people IO Interactive are making. And that does, does that make sense or has that been checked off in the portfolio with the type of game that Platinum wants to bring? Um, I think that, I, I don't know. Um, I think this is maybe them needing funding. That's another thing that we kind of saw that they do want to make live service games. Um, this is them pitching to try to see kind of the same thing with Itagagi, where the whole thing was, hey, I, I'm out of Team Ninja. I'm looking for a job. I started a studio. Let's see. Let's work together. But I think you also brought a great um, point, Boom, when we were talking, right, is that maybe studios are starting, Japanese studios are starting to say, hey, we want to work with Microsoft. We want to come in and see what we can do. And I think... It's on one the of the op- areas that they're light in there, Mr. Joanna Dark. They're real yeah. light, and a lot of people in this community. Listen, I I hear you. If you turn around and say, hey, boom, you know what? No offense. Japanese games, just not my bag. That's fine. But we cannot argue the fact that that's your, not being your bag. There are a lot of people in this community that want those types of games. This is one of those types of games. And I, I like I said, I, I think that because... I, I kind of starting to see the stars align here. Again, my opinion. I, I, I look at it this way, right? And I think everyone in the panel agrees here. You know, being the bigger person, right? Extending your hand. And what that shows uh, from the from a perspective of the Microsoft and the leadership is the fact that, hey, you know what? Let bygones be bygones. Indeed. We want to be able to bring more, attract more Japanese developers or developers from China, all those markets, right? Let's let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can work out. And like everyone said here, right? Let's hear the contracts, hear the stipulations. Here's the budget that we want you to work with. Here are the milestones and the sprints that I need you to show me at a certain point. And do understand, of course, this is all under red tape, that at one point we'll cut you off. Um, but I think Platinum is too talented. And yeah. maybe they've also figured out the fact that I cannot take on 12 different projects at one time. Yes, let's get the talent indeed. that we have. Yeah. And let's let's make a game. And who knows, uh, maybe they can sign a second party deal similar to IO Interactive and all these other studios. And we can see a game. I mean, again, I know everyone has different opinions. To me, looking at this video just a couple of minutes ago, I see the potential as someone who loves a lot of Japanese influenced games. And again, Monster Hunter is one of my favorite games. Horizon Zero Dawn is one of my favorite games. 
this looks like something that can be similar because it had monsters. It has that. And it kind of has all the factors that you see right now, Microsoft, with the whole connected engagement. And it could be, a, you know, again, it can be lightning, right? In a bottle. And yeah. you never know. So, And who doesn't want to fly dragons with their friends? Seriously. Wearing headphones. I do. I do. Yeah. yeah, wearing yeah. beats. Maybe <laughs> surface headphones. No, no, no. Oh. no. It'll be, it'll be no. surface headphones because, you know, it'll be surface headphones this time. No, and it'll be like, hey. It's got to be beats by Dre. <laughs> no, they'll be Xbox high. headphones. Kind of like Yeah, yeah they have to. They're there not going to pay Apple for beats. But, uh, they'll be banging in all <laughs> yeah. houses. Yes, yes if, exactly. that, if that's the case, what the game is, and I think that is that is what what everyone wants the game to be. It's yeah. big open world where we can fly a dragon and play with our friends, play solo, have those monster hunter type um, games, have yeah. that action that we know from Devil May Cry. Yes. Yeah, that, that's, you know, that's what everyone wants, but they have not shown that. What they have shown the from Skyrim did not look like what we want it to be. So, did you ever play the game Lair on PS3? No. Loved it reminds it. me of Loved Lair, Lair meets Devil May Cry yep. meets meets all these mashups. And again, even though it sounds crazy, I mean, Metal Gear Revengeance was crazy. So I know that uh, they can make crazy look cool. And I can imagine some of the fights they can make with these big dragons and all these spectacle moments. It could be like a Michael Bay movie. Yes, I, oh, yeah. I agree. Look, I, I'll say this as we move on to topic number two. Uh, this is this is something I have a very strong suspicion that we are going to be talking about for quite some time because it's it's <laughs> just not it going to be put to the wayside. And I'm I'm actually glad for it because listen, it, it, in an era where acquisitions uh, seem to be the rage and, and and most of the conversations that we're having, I, I kind of like bringing it back down to games. And this is one of those games that. It has such a history for for a game that is vaporware. It has such history that I think it almost has to be given a second chance, just based on its reputation of where it was. Who who wouldn't want to see this come back in a big way? I, I mean, I, I, I listen again. If it's not your bag, I hear you, but I think this is this has a more upswing for a, a, a generational and regional win from Microsoft than people are giving it credit for. People are just poo-pooing it because, well, Platinum Games did Microsoft wrong, so screw them. But this is business. You know, we, we, we get too much in our feelings over these, over, over, the, over the boxes and the colors. And listen, Microsoft Boom. is trying to make, uh, make waves in a region that they have failed for years. This is an opportunity to partner up with a legacy um, a developer like Platinum, bring those waves, bring Xbox into the conversation, and bring back an IP that, again, a lot of people were looking forward to in that region. It, sure, did it show off good originally? No, it didn't. It was running at like six frames per second. But they came out and said, <laughs> hey, listen, we, were not, we, we weren't used to working with Unreal. We didn't know the you know what it took to make a, a multiplayer game, uh, you know, an online game. I I think that they have grown as a studio, and I think with with you know, listen, partner them up with uh, with another team. They have thirty yep. plus teams. Hey, boom! I, I was saying this right, and 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 I know this is. What if they say okay, certain affinity has an idea, and it seems that this is aligns with this whole monster hunter thing. Mm. What can you do with Scalebound? Could, I yeah. mean, the, the the way I look with with, with also platinum super line with thing is kind of like my I have a I have a I used to have a handyman, great great handyman did everything. The problem was to, similar to platinum is he took too many jobs. So what happened was 
is that unfortunately I was a casualty of his too many jobs and he messed up something of the work that I paid him for. So when I look at this is, is a company that needed funding. Yeah. And what if they do work again? Microsoft cuts them a decent amount of check. This game is successful. And then that provides them their financial stability to then make their next success and uh, you know and who knows from there and i think again it this, comes down this to could be funding. a trilogy this could be an ongoing franchise this could be a, become a legacy ip in japan you you just you just don't know and, and i think everyone listen everyone at platinum wants to do it and listen if you know anything about the japanese culture there are a very prideful culture and i think that with not you just go and read the article from IGN, read it from Game Rant, read it from whoever's putting it out there. The quotes say to me that if they are given the opportunity to reopen uh, this conversation, I, I think we have there's a good shot that we're going to get something special. I would and, even dare say, Mav, this could be their best game ever. Hey. And aren't we just all curious at this point? I mean, come on. Like, I hey, am. Microsoft just fund it because I'm just curious as hell. I got to see what this game is. I mean, this has been it, it talked about. It definitely would be a, an awesome or, 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 re, or release the prototype. Like, Ghost release it in the wild guys, and let me just, play it. Aren't you just curious to, like, play this freaking oh, hell yeah, game dude. just to see yeah. what all this fuss is about for the last decade? Listen, hopefully they even have a song uh, a song track that you could just pick when you listen to your headphones. I, I, I listen, I the, the, oh, yeah. it, it, it's it's the dude, collector's edition is surface headphones that you can just listen to the dude, music. Dude, sign me up right now. <laughs> I love gotta be beats edition. by Dre, dude. Nothing else will work. <laughs> I'm serious. Great. Team up with uh, have Microsoft team up with beats. I love it. Listen, folks. Um we this is this was this was a topic that we didn't and this that I didn't write into the show. So unfortunately, we're probably going to have to skip some of the ones. But the one that we're not going to skip that we're going to get to right now is the one that I'm most excited to talk about, and that's Phil Spencer, uh, specifically uh, getting uh, nominated by Dice for uh, their. First of all, it's going to be Dice's twenty uh, fifth. Uh, anniversary show and to, to make it even special more than them doing it for 25 years which is uh which is incredible uh phil spencer is going to be awarded a lifetime achievement award i i, I think that it is uh pre it, it, it's it's an incredible accomplishment when you look at where phil spencer started I, this is a guy that started as an intern at microsoft 20 plus years ago. I, I believe it's about, 20, he's been in the company about almost, uh, over 25 years. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I, I want to bring up a conversation and I want to kind of round Robin it because this is pretty awesome. Now I pulled this from pure xbox.com. Um, and, uh, I, I love the guys and gals over at pure xbox. They're always putting out great content. I follow them. I have them with alerts on for Twitter and I go to their site to use uh, a lot of their uh, a lot of their uh, articles because I, I do quite enjoy it. This particular uh, um, article that they wrote is why I think Phil Spencer deserves this award. Uh, and uh, he basically what they tweeted is Xbox fan shares their experience playing Xbox Game Pass with Phil Spencer. And this is pretty interesting. Um, let's see what he had to say. He said this. Uh, he's he, now he posted this on 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 uh, uh, on, on Reddit, and uh, the gamer said, uh, "I had the pleasure of gaming and chatting with Phil Spencer for an hour on Rainbow Six Extraction." And this is uh, the guy. The guy's name um, is 
Omniscient Wolf Gaming. Um, and uh, he, he, uh, he was, he was, he was in, sent a party invite by Phil Spencer. And this is what he had to say when, when he was interviewed by PureXbox.com. I try to keep my cool, which I think I did for the most part. But it's not every day you play with the CEO of Microsoft Gaming. He asked me a few questions, and in general, he's, his, his, his easygoing style of conversation just made me less nervous to be a part of the, of the gang a bit for about an hour. I was being super Canadian and <laughs> reiterated a couple of times how appreciative I was of getting those games in, and Phil Spence and Phil was super humble about it all. It made my night for sure. Now, I mean, think think about this for a second, folks. You're 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 online and you get sent an invite by Phil freaking Spencer. Like who who in gaming does that? Who from your favorite company, whether it's PlayStation, whether it's Nintendo, or pick a developer. I, I'm a big fan of Corey Barlog. I love how he interacts with the community. Though I've never heard anyone say, hey, listen, I was hanging out and Corey Barlog and I were kind of shooting the shit. You know, I've, I've never heard that. And I think Corey is amazing. Um, have you heard uh, Bowser from Nintendo? And I'm not talking about the, 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 the reptile. I'm talking about the head of, of, of the whole company. Sitting down where you really can't play anything online with Nintendo. They that don't have it. They don't have internet. Yeah, they don't have. They don't have, they don't have internet. This is terrible. That was a horrible uh, uh, point I was trying to make. Anyway, Pong, I got to go to you first on this, brother. If there's one thing that we have all talked about on this program, you and Steele have talked about it on yours. You've talked about it with Mav. We've all talked about Microsoft's executives being on another level when it comes to uh, interacting with the community. I mean, look, perfect example. This, you take this, the guy is playing with the head of Microsoft Gaming in Phil Spencer, and they're just kind of conversation like co- conversating like we're doing right now live on the air for this podcast. That that's pretty epic. And and again, rolls right into which which we're gonna get to the back half of the show why Phil Spencer deserves this illustrious award. What are your thoughts on this? Again, it goes right to his philosophy that he has always um, talked, but he, you know, he walks the walk. So that's a lot of what you can say about Phil is that he proves that he believes completely in everything that he says. Now, every, every business goes through changes, every business, um, you know, you can come out and say something and it might be true at that time. And then it's not. Um, but a lot of companies also lie flat out. Right. And we've seen that in this industry as well. But Phil, when he comes out and says something, he means it. And uh, he's he's built. It's not just about Phil. And that's a great thing. And, and when we talk about the award, you know, Phil's that guy that gives credit to his entire team. Um, and he always that's, talks about that. He always mentions Redmond. Listen, I, I, yeah. I'm the front facing, but it's an entire team that moves this company. That's great. Great point. Exactly. And, and he always kind of uh, deflects away from the, the uh, personal awards and the, the credit that people give him, which is a great, you know, it's a humble uh, thing and it's not, it's not fake with him. He is actually humble, but at the same time, Phil himself, is the man who put that team, you know, built that team and he got everybody on the same page. That's a leader. 
right now there's there's leaders that go out there and that will you know take all the praise and take all the oh, uh heat as well um but the, but then there's leaders like Phil who want to spread uh the accolades around who don't want to take credit for what they truly are which is being uh a figurehead that actually can build something from the ground up. I think Drake probably made his song song started from the bottom just for Phil because that's who <laughs> this man is, right? I love it. That's great. that whole song. If you go I through the, it, I that's mean, it, that's, the lyrics that's like fits Phil perfectly. The man started from the ground at Microsoft, has been there since day one, basically at this point, and has worked his way up through the ranks. And that. Credit is to him and him, his self only. Even if he doesn't want to take it just from the outside, you can say Phil worked his way up by being the person that he is and he hasn't changed. That's the amazing thing, right? There, there's that saying, you want to find out who somebody really is, give them some power, right? Phil has stayed the exact same point, throughout dude. his entire career. Great point. Right? He has not changed. Again, I don't know him personally. I don't know the man. I don't know who he is on the inside. All I can do is from the outside looking at him. And the man has remained constant throughout this entire process of becoming one of the most powerful people in the video game industry, which is the hottest industry in the world right now, which is now the number one entertainment industry in the world. That is saying something. Well, so, so, well no, I mean, even so yeah. more, you know, to that point, Pong, yeah. Microsoft was ready to get rid of the Xbox division. And he, and I say he, I, I'm sure that there are other people, but we, we, we got to call a spade a spade here. Phil went to Sati and said whatever he told him, and he got him to turn his, uh, to, to, allowed him the time to turn this ship around. If you look at where they were and where they are now, it is a success story that we have not seen in gaming in 25 plus years oh yeah at least at least through the decades and there was another article that came out i believe this uh, past week as well talking about how he had to fight for game pass that it wasn't an easy sell that it wasn't something that everybody inside was on board with there was a lot of doubters and phil had to keep going back and they talked about it in the article that it was phil and obviously he had other people helping him but it was phil the driving force he was the one that was getting in those meetings he was the one that was having those one-on-ones with satya and he had to go back and keep reworking the game pass model and figuring out how he could sell this to people internally and he did that he believed in it that much that this could be a way forward for xbox to continue in this industry as they had started out you know again we don't know if Xbox division would have been completely shuttered. We don't know if they would have sold off pieces or if they would have just turned into a publisher and it would have been a cute little publishing house. They would have kept the studios they had, added things like Minecraft and stuff like that, but never really fulfilled what the promise was when they initially started Xbox. But Phil got in there, dug deep, continued to believe in what he was selling and found a way to present it where people started to listen, especially Satya. And once you have the head of a $2 trillion plus company on board with something, well, guess what? You've made it. And now you're at the big boy table. 
Now you're sitting at one of the pillars of Xbox, and that's all due to Phil's drive, his belief, and because because it was something that aligned with his core beliefs, that he wasn't faking it. He wasn't doing it just from a hey, I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be the head of Xbox and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make all this money and I'm gonna have all these titles and all that's not what it was about for him. It was about him as the gamer and believing in the gaming division itself and what it could give to the rest of the world. And again, you can you can poo-poo that, you can try to you know say, hey, you know, at the end of the day, it's still about money. Yeah, you're right. At the end of the day, it's still about business. But Phil's beliefs go deeper than that. And he's a gamer at heart and has never lost that during each one of his steps up through this gigantic corporation. And he's believed that the gamer deserves better. And at the end of the day, he found a way to give us a service in Game Pass that creates value for everybody. Again, if this was only one-sided, we wouldn't have Game Pass. If it was only our value, we wouldn't have it because Microsoft wouldn't see it as viable. Microsoft wouldn't see it as something that could push forward. But now he's got everybody in a big circle and we're all being rewarded from this idea that he had and that obviously other people within the corporation had as well. But yep. he was the driving force behind all of it. And Phil, again, when you hear these stories about him being out here and, and playing games with the community, again, another philosophy that we've seen permeate throughout the upper uh, the upper echelons of Xbox specifically, they are front-facing, they're out in the community, they're on Twitter, they're responding to people, they are sharing their excitement for the love of gaming with us, which again, is you very, very unique in this specific industry. And so I think that that has propelled them as the success comes, that adds to that momentum because they are out here celebrating with us all the successes that they are having and that we as gamers are getting to enjoy. And I think yeah. that's the best part about all of this. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to come back around to your opinion yeah. on the award and yep. what the award means on the back end. But yep. I, I, I got to bring in Boxenberg. Uh, listen, you know, uh, Archimedes, you've talked about this, not you know, numerous times on the videos that you do. And I'm probably on this show more times than not. What Phil does uh, by allowing uh, someone as a high position as he has, and at his core, he's just like one of us. Yes, he's making six figures. Yes, he has an incredible uh, responsibility at Microsoft, at Xbox, to you know, to make sure that the brand succeeds. To make sure, I mean, he just did an interview saying how difficult and how daunting the Activision Blizzard uh, 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 deal is because of all the people they have coming in. It, it, it's, it's an unbelievable monster responsibility. Yeah. But he still finds a way to come down from the ivory tower and just game with us. That is something no one is doing. And this is another story that proves the mythos is true. True. Absolutely, and that's why he deserves this uh, this award more than anyone in the industry I can think of. Um, Pong brought up so many, many uh, awesome arguments, and um, if you look at his journey through Microsoft, he is this um, guy who worked his way all to the top, um, 
and and you can and Pong elaborated on that. I want to, I want to bring in another uh, aspect. It's not just about what he does uh, or did for for Xbox, but for the entire gaming industry. A while ago, a couple of months ago, I made a video on how Microsoft changed the gaming industry over the course of the last uh, 10 years. And um, almost all points I made in this video uh, come back to Phil Spencer. Um, yeah. Yes, uh, like you guys said, there are always many people involved um, when you talk about stuff like Game Pass, like Backcomp and so on. I will go into those in a second. But there are, there's always this team involved. But you have to have that one figurehead that has a voice to the overarching company that is behind an idea. Otherwise, uh, in such a big company, you won't get stuff done. If you don't have a supporter, if you don't have a leader figure behind whatever innovation we're talking about, um, you, you, these, these kind of projects are, are probably doomed. And uh, that is what Phil Spencer is. He looks at, the, at all the stuff he does, not just from this perspective of, of the company, but also, of course, like you guys said, from the perspective of a gamer. And he always looks at the entire industry. He has said multiple times his vision is to make the gaming industry, to grow the Bay gaming industry into the best entertainment medium uh, industry there is. It is his target not to rival Sony. It is to grow the cake that they can share with everyone. It is um, his, his ambition is to make uh, gaming more accessible than ever before and to bring it to more people than ever before. And he is uh, succeeding in that. And when we look at what they what he has done, when he took over in 2014, it took him more than uh, only, only about a year, a little bit more than a year till he announced back combat. Um, now we are used to this so much that we don't think about this anymore, but it was him who greenlighted that and it, it changed the console gaming industry because we didn't have back combat at, at the time on consoles. So this is a, was a new concept. Yes, we had back combat in the very beginning, for instance, uh, of the PS3 days, but that was that, that feature didn't get so any attention from Sony, so that they even ditched that when they had an iteration of the PS3. <laughs> so it wasn't really the same. Um, Microsoft brought uh, under Phil Spencer brought that back, and it really changed the console industry. Can you think? Uh, uh, think about when when we had the console launch now fifteen months ago. This was unthinkable that these consoles are not back compact. Um, it, it is really something. Then we had, of course, stuff like Game Pass. Um, that is definitely a game changer in the entire industry. We're moving towards that subscription model. But it's also with uh, that entire ecosystem mentality that it, console is more than, uh, or gaming is more than just playing on one device. Um, and we see that other companies are following that, that track. Sony is now published. Jim Ryan literally said he wants to, to ditch the console-only space. He wants to become multi-plat. They are recently releasing their games on PC. Eventually, I have zero doubt that they also go into uh, the cloud and want to want to be able to uh, reach uh, all the mobile devices and so on. KS Ente, what's up? Yes, yes. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna bring him in for the Phil talk. I yeah. saw him in the chat, and so but but continue, Boxenberger. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it is. Um, it is a, a huge innovation that Microsoft under Phil Spencer introduced and that they're pursuing. It's 
other smaller things that people sometimes don't really talk about, but I think they are even uh, as big as a deal as, as, as Game Pass is, for instance, the efforts that um, Phil is doing with the accessibility, with stuff like the um, what's the the controller uh, for handicapped people? Um, oh, on the name. The Pardon? adaptive controller. Adaptive yeah. controller, stuff like that. Yeah. They had an entire gaming showcase last year that was just centered around um, accessibility um, for handicapped people. Yep. What company does that? Microsoft under Phil Spencer is doing so, so many things um, that really changed the gaming industry from the ground up. Um, and 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 that is why Phil definitely deserves this this award more than anyone I can think of right now in in the gaming industry. And you make a great point. Listen, uh, I want to come to Mav in a second and Mr. Joanna Dark, but I got to bring Kay Asante into the conversation because we only have him for a moment. Kay Asante, thank you for joining, yes, jumping sir. in. Oh, we are talking you, about Phil Spencer, uh, the mythos of Phil Spencer, uh, how we just you know games with anyone and 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 everyone. Uh, for mm. no reason other than he's a gamer. But mm -hmm. I, I want to bring up the article. Now, I pulled the article regarding this uh, 25th anniversary uh, DICE Awards that he's going to be presented, uh, the Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, and I, I pulled it from uh, good friends of, our, of, of this show and many people's shows, Window Central. The author was Samuel Tolbert. And uh, what's interesting is it turns out that creative director of Bethesda Game Studios, Todd Howard, is going to be the one. God Howard, to mention Praise be his God, name. <laughs> will be presenting this award to Phil. And if you're wondering, folks, what the Lifetime Achievement Award uh, is, it recognizes in gaming, in, in the gaming industry, an extraordinary achievements and in leadership. And, and, and this is some of the companies that Phil is now going to be rubbing elbows with. Uh, past winners, including Ken Kodaragi uh, of Sony in 2007 and Satoru Iwata, who won uh, won these prestigious award in 2015? Those are some pretty big names. But here is what Dice had to say. Uh, uh, well, actually, the, uh, this is Megan Savaro, president of the Academy of Interactive Arts and Science, on the behalf of the Academy's board of directors. And this is what they had to say regarding Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer has demonstrated both passion and leadership throughout his entire career at Microsoft. He's responsible for countless impactful and pivotal initiatives and has reverberated throughout the entire gaming industry. Well, that's a lot of words, a lot of big words, and I actually got them off with no problem. So I'm actually not that <laughs> dumb. So this is great. Uh, listen, uh, all jokes aside. Um, I love the fact that Phil is getting this award simply because, listen, we, we can talk all day about how many times he's gamed with people for no reason, like in Destiny and in Rainbow Six Siege that just came out, which we talked about prior. For you, Kay Asante, mm -hmm. wh what, what, what jumps off the page as why Phil Spencer deserves this illustrious award that he's going to be getting uh, this, uh, this year at DICE, the 25th anniversary? Yeah. Um, so I, I think and, and the panel and of course, I, I was like listening in between my meetings and you guys are making amazing points. I think the panel members all make really interesting points on, as to why he deserves what he's getting. The, where I see it from. Uh, and we spoke about this yesterday on, on Primetime Gaming. Mm -hmm. th that company specifically has eyes on them. Very, very big eyes all the time, because as you know, they are the big dog in any room they walk into. 
anything they do can reverberate throughout the entire industry so vastly in a negative way if they so choose, right? If they were to act like their competitors, it would be the worst of all, all options, right? So it's very, very, they're very cognizant of the way they need to behave when they are out in the public. And nothing solidifies that more in how Phil Spencer behaves. I think the best thing that ever happened was whoever gave Phil his position. Like they put the perfect dude in that position because they don't yeah. want somebody in there that would presume to be to be uh, uh, acting in a certain way, but it's disingenuous and you can tell, right? He is very natural in his way. Uh, the, the article that you were reading off about the person who was gaming with him, I have seen it firsthand. Like I, I watch a lot of, uh, as you all know, I'm in your chats. I, I watch a lot of uh, podcasts. I watch a lot of Twitch and, and all of that. I have seen dudes playing Destiny and then Phil Spencer just showed up, like yeah. literally just showed up and was playing with them for a while. And like uh, they were playing before, and then they leave, and then he comes plays with them for about twenty minutes and then leaves and the conversation after he leaves yo that dude is great man he said and they they were like playing uh, uh, I love uh, it. Um, they were playing like uh, in compatibility mode so Xbox and PlayStation people and it was just like yo you know the sense that he is very very much a genuine individual is very clear you know yeah. and they need someone like that i know that a lot of people like throw this cynical view around that you know it's all an act you can't act like that all day every day eventually the 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 the, the shroud drops and you yes, you get to, you know you get a hot mic moment you know what i'm saying there are no hot mic moments with him he is even keeled to a fault right yes. so even though like and the and the the, the Kamiya conversation that you guys were having before that is how we want him to sound. We want him to. We want him to do that Denzel Washington smack a door in somebody's face as soon as somebody says this. But that's not him. You know what I mean? No. He's very cool, very chill. You know, and I think the reason he's getting this award is because they recognize the entire gaming industry recognizes how much power this man wields just by having the two trillion dollar reigns and what he could do with that. And instead, he always chooses to use it for good. Yes, you know, that adaptive controller could have been an Xbox exclusive. It works on everything, including yes. the Switch, right? As a matter this of fact, it's funny. You, it's funny you mentioned that in the interview. Uh, he basically had uh, said publicly, "Hey, listen, mm -hmm. if Nintendo wants to make it, we'll give them the we'll give them the blueprint. Exactly. If Sony wants yeah. to make it, we'll give them yeah. the blueprints. We just want gamers to be able to That's game. Right. Who and, says that? Yeah, exactly. And and the parts that they use are industry standard parts for folks that, that have uh, needs uh, um, uh, in that realm. So you can literally buy off-the-shelf parts for your purposes to adapt the adaptive controller to yeah. make it work for you. You don't have to get anything special. It's all literally built so that you, whoever needs to use it, can use it. Whether it never be on an Xbox console ever. It could be on a PC. It could be on a PlayStation. It could be anywhere you want. Who makes devices you know, for everyone to be able to use and does that, like puts the R&D dollars in, you know, this is this yeah. is this man, right? He absolutely like, and he understands that business is business. But in general, you'll you'll never hear him come out and say an ill word against anybody. Right. Uh, what, what was it? Um, and uh, I was checking uh, uh, the Dutch's timeline for all the slander because, you know, he likes to cut people in half when they do bad things out there. Uh, he does wield a very big oh, battle he, axe. He, he wields that axe like gloriously. Like one of the Google execs was just coming down ridiculously left and right. And, you know, coming down against Microsoft. Right. A Google exec at a very high level, I think, talking about talking about how uh, um, 
they're not allowing other people to play with uh, um, uh, use different payment systems on a platform clearly being disingenuous right trying to you know oh look at microsoft kind of thing you will never ever hear phil spencer come out and say anything of that type that is correct. even when he has all the goods to be able to rebut he'll just sit there and take the arrows right i was talking i was talking to folks in the chat that is the mark of a good leader like pong said the mark of a great leader the, the arrows stop with him and the praise goes to the team every time right anytime anything happens oh the buck stops here but anytime anything great happens oh it's my team that is the mark of a great leader and because of that you know he deserves those awards and that's why exactly. all of his enemies quote unquote enemies as far as in the competitive space you know they can go back and forth in wwe all they want but at the end of the day they respect the hell out of that man Indeed. because he's always so kind and always yeah. so gracious you know I mean, fantastic point. Uh, listen, Mav, I want to bring you into the conversation, but before I do, the Super Chats have piled up and I got to catch up to them. Ooh, Lord yeah, Roughness, mm. and we have a big one that dropped also. Uh, Lord Roughness, generous friend of the show, he drops a two-pound Super Chat and says, not your topic, but what's wrong with Crossfire X? I hope nothing, because I have it pre-ordered and I will be playing that game. Listen, I'm going to tell you this right now, whether you hate me moving forward, I am a Remedy stan. I love their stuff. I've been a big fan of them since way back in the days. I enjoyed Quantum Break. I can't. I was ex through the roof excited that uh, that Alan Wake Two is officially announced. And listen, this it, it's their first game in first person, right? It's a first person shooter by Remedy. Okay, sign me up. That's why I bought the. You know the big edition. I think that, for that's why everyone is excited for it. What is what is really weird, and I think that is, is this the advertising was is terrible. There's yeah, a, it, zero advertisement, zero and big big donut. Yeah, it, it, it really? it's it's awful. I hope that it's one of those gems. Uh, yeah. It's weird that it it wasn't <laughs> yeah. in Game Pass. Now it's in Game Pass. The part of it is listen. I hope that I hope that we walk away from this like man, that's actually a pretty good game. I'd love to see them continue, but again, let's let me continue with the super chats before we get off topic. Thank you for the super chat, brother, and thank you for the comment. We also have let's see where are we? Holy matrimony! We have a lot of people making great comments. Chaos Mike, generous friend of the show, he drops a five dollar super chat and says Phil needs to be knighted for achieving this achievement. So add Sir to the front of his name. So it's gonna be. Phil, Sir, or Sir Phil, uh, Maximus, Dominus, Aurelius, Spencer. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I kind of think that's that, that's good. We got we got we got to run it past King David because he's the one that gave him the name. Phil, uh, Maximus, uh, which started out with just one, and now he has three. I, I've been saying for a while he needs a fourth one in there. King says nay. The, fa the father of dragons. There it is. <laughs> father of dragons. I love it. This is great. Um, let's see. What else do we got over here? Um, we have Drawn TJ drops a very generous $10 super chat and says, Don't forget, Phil got PlayStation to do crossplay, and Microsoft um bailed out Sony when they got hacked and lost billions. They could have left let Sony die, but in return, we got Blu-ray. I, I mean, it was, you know, it's one hand washed the other situation, but yeah, that that hack from back in the days and holy matrimony, this one's big pragmatic eagle generous from the show he drops an unbelievable 50 dollar super chat holy matrimony brother thank you for the generosity he says this about jrpgs gamers that don't play them have no idea how diverse they are so many many think 
they are all turn-based. They are not. Tales of Arise, which I bought, Scarlet, ne Scarlet Nexus is dope. If you missed yeah, out on I'm that game, right now, actually, yeah, yeah, really, really good. Are modern RPGs and not turn-based Dragon Quest, like like Dragon Quest is. Point is, we need more JRPGs here, hundred percent. And that's why I'm pushing the envelope with Bring Scalebound back because it is a very heavy Japanese-esque title that I think the platform needs. And like I said, the game does have a legacy, uh, and, I, and I would love to see it come back. Thank you for the generosities, brother. That is really, really extreme. I really appreciate it. Um, let's, uh, Mav, let's get you in on the conversation. What, what are your thoughts on Phil bringing home uh, this big award? I mean, you know, he's a humble dude. And he's, you know, he obviously, when you hear him talk about, he doesn't talk about himself. He gets embarrassed. And that's another sign of a good leader. Like, I, I don't talk about myself. I don't like doing that uh, either um, because it's just, it's just not my thing. Let's do uh, but, that. Let's just talk about you for a while then. No, don't do that because I, 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 I everyone knows my story. It's boring. Uh, but, okay. but, but Phil Spencer's story is not boring, and he is getting. Uh, and I think it's fitting. I love the fact that um, um, uh, the head, of, well, the, the, one of the important father figures of Bethesda in the and God Howard says, "There you go. Praise his name. Praise be um, his name. Amen." <laughs> is is presenting it they're very good friends uh i think it's incredibly fitting what what are your thoughts on phil bringing home this big award i mean i think it's very deserving you know it, you look at the amount of stuff that's happened since he's taken over yeah right it's it's absolutely insane the hole that they had to dig out of to not only dig out of that hole but to now lead the biggest shift in the gaming industry across across the board, right? They are literally carving out their own path, and everybody else is looking and watching and being like, what happened? We need to do that, mm -hmm. right? And to get from where they were to that, but also look at when he took over. He stood on stage. And he gave these he gave these checklists, right? We're gonna win over the trust Indeed. of our consumers. Yeah. We're going to rebuild our first party studios. We're going to uh you know start getting more games out. We're gonna you know, all these things, right? Like he listed like this checklist. And I don't know I don't know the hundred percent the the list, but if you go back and look at everything he said he was gonna do. He He's has delivered in spades, PS, by exactly, the way. Exactly. Exactly what he said. And in a way above and beyond, while still remaining just this down-to-earth guy that plays games with people on on, on Xbox and uh plays Destiny, Rainbow Six Extraction, whatever it is. I, he was playing Call of Duty the day after they acquired Activision Blizzard. That announcement came out. I don't know if anybody saw that. Um, that was interesting. But yeah, he's just he has meetings. They have meetings in-game. Right? They have meetings in-game with team leaders. Right? If he has if he has a meeting with like the Elder Scrolls team, they'll they'll meet in Elder Scrolls Online. That's crazy. Yeah, I was right? actually gonna I was actually just gonna say that it, it came out that a lot of the times when he's in these big business meetings, he's playing. He's yes, he's the head of Xbox, he's the he's head of Microsoft Gaming, games. and he's playing on his surface or on a tablet. That's 
That's crazy. It is, dude. I mean, this is, he's just a down-to-earth regular guy that, you know, you know how it's like sometimes the good guys win, right? Some Sometimes the good guys win. And it may take a long time, a lot of hard work sticking with it, sticking with the same company and then, you know, building up, building up, building up, getting there. But he's had a vision and a, and a way to turn Xbox around. And he's done it in spades now to where it's one of the core pillars of Microsoft. If you go back and watch that Xbox documentary and see where Xbox was and the convincing they had to do to even get a project Xbox kicked off the ground. To, to now where it's a core pillar. They were ready to give up on them. Like you guys said, like uh, what, 2016, 2017, potentially uh, move on from it. He sat there and like, no, this is how we're going to do it. This is what we need to do. He got in Satya's ear. They made the changes. And now it's one of the biggest parts of gaming. And it, they've created something that is going to transcend. Like we, people don't understand like the amount of change that they have dug throughout the industry here. The subscription model, the cloud technology, uh, cloud development services. All of these things are at, they're at the forefront way above anybody else in the gaming space. And that's because of his vision and pushing this forward. And it's led to better games, more games, more investment in games. Um, and everybody else now trying to get on board that train. So when it comes down to when he decides to leave the video game space, which I hope it never happens. I mean, it will eventually, you know. Will there be an executive in the gaming space that we can look at besides maybe you know, people like Shigeru Miyamoto, people like that, right? You, you that know, have had what, as it, big of an impact on gaming than Phil Spencer. Now, it, the, the, the list is short. Uh, I, I think his successor, and I've been saying this for a while, I think it's going to be Sarah Bond. I, I think yeah. she's already already uh, displayed her, her, how incredible of, a, of, of, of an executive she is, but more so of just a person. I mean, like I said, she's mm -hmm. another one that goes out and reach. I mean, I've had two interactions with her. I honestly can't believe that when I hit 10K and I changed my my Twitter logo, I saw that. she actually wrote to me, I like that. What? Like, are you yeah. serious? And then, of course, one of the things I was most proud of this particular month was uh, recognizing so many of my brothers, my African-American brothers, and K. Asante was one of them. Uh, with my, uh, you know, celebrating, uh, you know, uh, Black History Month. Is it, that's important mm -hmm. to me because my brother is African-American, if you didn't know that. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, being, uh, you know, th that, that's an important aspect. So I, I put out a tweet, not because I was expecting anyone to like it or dislike it. I just put it out because it's important. To, it's, a, it's a conversation that's important to me. And she actually wrote to me again that that's that's bonkers. I, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Big, I mean, that's man. and I and that, again I say this about many people. Aaron Greenberg's another one. I mean, he's just he, he talks to the people. They they have so many executives that you only see this happen on Microsoft. But I want to bring it back around to uh to to Phil. Continue. Well, I, I want to say also, boom, those interactions that they have with you is also a level of respect that they have for you and what you've done because they do 
watch and keep an eye out, uh, out yeah, there. Yeah, they do. They're always watching. Always you know, watching. <laughs> they're not going to sit there and interact with the trolls. You I'm know, the Mikey gonna... Barra here. Did, did everybody get that reference? That's a good reference. Good job, Boom. That, that is that. Uh, my, one of my favorite my favorite films, Toy Story. Me too. Always watching. No, that's, that is uh, um, Monsters University. Yeah, Monsters that's Inc. what I said. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Right. Yeah, my daughter Monsters watches it all day. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's just they're level of uh commitment to the fan base when and, and services and all and all these things has kind of led the industry and the whole like you know we just want people to play anywhere that they want to play it sounded like mm-hmm. crazy at the time right yeah. it's like what do you mean like we're used to buying a box and buying games that you play on that box and i don't want like what do you mean you're gonna play anywhere you're gonna take my games and put them on pc and so i let other people enjoy them what the heck's going on how dare you you know like oh no (laughs) what's happening to the world it's changing you know it it works guess what it works and it's it grown the business and i i just uh have a lot of respect for guy that sees okay this is how we should do it this is what's best for the consumer putting the they always say it put the player at the center right but the player at the center of everything and their focus on what's best for the consumer is going to be what's best for them. Right. And that was the core shift within his philosophy and breaking down barriers of and lowering the gate of entry into gaming. Now more people can enjoy and play games than ever before. That was his goal from the forefront when they talked about reaching all those billions of gamers out there. They have a long-term vision that he's been behind since he took over, and it's it's amazing to see this, and he's done it the right way every step of the way. So congratulations to him on, on receiving so, that. It's very well deserved. Ma'am, r- real quick, don't you think that the reason why some people hate on him is because he's just too damn wholesome? Right, it's, I, I it just, think it sounds unbe- oh, too good to be true, mm-hmm. and somehow he nickname? still fulfills those roles all the time. Kumbaya what was his nickname Phil or whatever? before? Yeah, Kumbaya Phil. You yeah. know, because everything is like everything's <laughs> yeah. great, everything's okay. You know what I mean? But like, it's okay. Like, it, I have that attitude a lot as well. Right, like with like when things are all crumbling around you, and it's like, hey, everything's gonna be okay, right? I get where he's coming from on that, and sometimes people can see it as a weakness, right? Sometimes people can take it and criticize criticize you for that, but there's something to say for the, a guy like Phil who's sitting there standing strong. It shows their own what? weakness when they criticize you. About that. I mean, yeah. very true, right? Um, um, it, you know, it, yeah. Go ahead. It's like that saying, you know, when someone criticizes someone for doing a lot, and you kind of have to say to the person, "Well, what are you doing?" Mm. And the same thing, right? Phil has done all these things, and a lot of the people that may be hating is. Why can't the platform that I like playing on do something like this or thought of this? So it's a yeah. little bit of a hate because, you know, you have the opportunities. You just didn't push the people far enough for you to push yourself to to go to meet your customers and meet your, you know, your, your install base to do these things. It yeah, took somebody else to kind of come in. Early on in his era, too. I mean, he was he had this odd stacked against him. You know, you had those studio closures. You had games like Scalebound getting canceled and a lot of things out of his control budget wise and all these things. Right. And he has to still put on that face of like, we're going to be okay. We're going to do, we're going to get through this. You know, uh, we have more coming or, you know, we're going to uh, treat the games. Right. And he always took criticism on. And even when people gave him praise and give him praise, he goes through in a, in a, in a interview and he makes sure he takes blame as well. Yeah. Right. That's a great point. Yeah. He, he makes sure like to take on, well, you know, it wasn't all, you know, peaches and roses or, or whatever. He, he he always goes through and says, well, like, look, you know, I was part of that team that failed. 
right? He says that stuff. He wants to make sure people are aware of that. He's not sitting there on his high horse saying like, yes, praise me. I love it. You know, he, he's sitting there <laughs> acknowledging all of the wrongs that have been done, all of the problems that they've had, and also knows what they need to do to move forward and get stuff on track. And, uh, I mean, it, better one of the best gaming executives, like, and, and I'm just going to say one of the best business executives I've ever seen, period, take a, what they've had and turn it around into something that's industry changing. That's insane. Yeah. And he's done that. So props. Yeah, absolutely. Real quick, I want to shout out Jay Fonzarelli in the chat. What's going on there, Fonz? Hopefully you are doing well. I've uh, been seeing what you've been doing with your interviews. Uh, my inbox is waiting for that invite, my friend. Uh, so let's <laughs> let's get that done. I want to help you uh, promote your, your channel. I think what you're doing on RDX is incredibly awesome. And you always keep it 100, and that's what we love about you. And also, De Niro Primero, uh, if you don't know who that guy is, well, you should, because he does all of my work for the channel especially on the intros and outros and he is currently working on a new super secret project for uh breakfast with boom uh that one is going to be probably his biggest uh and i can't wait to see what he is up to with that that's going to be awesome but let's uh let's bring in uh mr joanna dark obviously now you obviously work people may or may not know you work for microsoft obviously and uh you enjoy working at the company when you see uh, the leadership in Phil Spencer get awarded the, 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 this prestigious award, uh, and, and, uh, and again, there's, there's a couple of things running here. Obviously, uh, Todd Howard is going to be presenting, which I think is amazing. Uh, it is the 25th annual DICE Award, which is huge in itself. And uh, considering um, you know, what Phil has closed under his leadership since being promoted in 2017, is nothing short of storybook. What What are your thoughts on his on, on this on this award being given to Phil? It's well deserved. And I, I kind of want to bring a quote here. Um, I had to pull up one of the books that I read was called Hit Refresh by Satya, and I think okay. it starts with Satya. And 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 this is what I this is what I want to quote. When you hit refresh in your web browser by clicking a little arrow, you're hitting function five, and you're you're not wiping everything away or starting new. And sometimes every company has that moment where you have to hit refresh. And Xbox had that moment in the Xbox One era where it got to the point where it was either let's delete it forever or let's hit refresh. And what happened was with Satya's leadership uh, and being a good leader, and he was able to see who the right person was to pitch him and bring the Xbox platform back. You know, it's a different philosophy from the top down and we've been talking about leaders. Um, and like I said, I've been there through two of the CEOs um, joining the company. Um, and I can say as someone who worked their way through retail and not have much engagement with uh, many of the people on the corporate side, um, that came trickled all the way down to, to the entire organizations. And one of the other things that kind of stand in this book, and it kind of applies to Phil Spencer, is that Satya said innovation was being, um, you know, I, th I look at it, it says innovation was being replaced by bureaucracy, teamwork was being replaced by internal politics, and we were falling behind. So when I look at this is, Maybe when the person was there, and we kind of saw in the background with Don Matrick, maybe a lot of that thing was part of the culture that was there at the time. And we started seeing these kind of fights that we kind of heard in rumors. The next is the importance of putting your team first. I think that is the biggest thing. You know, when, when things go right, I don't think you need to talk your horn because you're going to get your credit because guess what? You're the one that's delegating. You're the one that's being the person that's running everything. 
Um, what you want to do is you want to inspire the rest of your teams. And I think that's the biggest thing. And when things go wrong, yeah, you take the blame for it because at the end of the day, you're the one that are making those decisions and you're the ones that are putting the people in place to make those other decisions. Um, and I just think uh, overall, uh, Phil Spencer is what we needed. Someone that came from, you know, as you can say, from somewhere from the bottom, right? Like Drake's song. Um, and he's passionate, you know, and I can, and you know, I'm not Phil Spencer, but I can tell you as someone who worked from the bottom of Microsoft, right? As someone who came as a part-time employee and now working at Xbox, you're always hungry and you always want to do more and see how you can impact. And I think that's what Phil Spencer has done. He's brought a vision that we all buy into and we believe in it. And when you believe in a vision of any leader, the sky's the limit on what you can do. Um, and it's just great because like, you know, I think one of the things that stands out to me prior to us finding out the whole Activision thing was that Phil even said it, you know, Microsoft has a past. We're not perfect. But what we want to do is we want to be able to help people and give them the things that worked for us. And I think that's very important um, overall when it comes to relationships. You know, we see all these funny things on Twitter where people think it's like, a, you know, it's like a war. Right. But at the end of the day, it's Microsoft continuing to build these relationships to understand that, yes, Xbox wants to be number one. But how can we holistically make sure that we keep a healthy gaming industry? How can we continue to partner and push each other? How do we push Nintendo? How do we push Sony? How does Sony push us back? And I think um, that reward is very well-deserved because that's what Phil Spencer overall with the way he handles his relationships and the way he goes about of handling himself. I think that is the premier kind of staple of what a leader is overall and how you should be. Because at the end of the day, you know, you have to also be able to say to yourself, yeah, I'm, I'm successful, but can't always get complacent. And I think that's very important. So overall, I think it's well-deserved. Um, and, you know, it's great that he's getting this award because I think he embodies everything that many of those others before him have embodied when it comes to such an award like this. I mean, great points by everybody, for sure. Real quick, let me catch up some of the Super Chats. Smitty Smith, generous friend of the show, good brother and friend of Mr. and Mrs. Boomstick. He says Phil Spencer put in the work. He earned every bit of the praise he gets from intern to head of Xbox. They better put some GD respect on that man's name, <laughs> the Book of X. So I got it for you here, Smitty. Sir Phil Dominus Maximus Aurelius Spencer. We we have knighted him officially, and he is now a sir. I like that. It has a nice ring to it. It rolls off the tongue. Sir Phil Dominus Maximus Aurelius Spencer. I like it. I like it. I'm going to talk to King. I think we have to change the name. We have to add the sir to it. Brett Bingham, generous friend of the show, drops an outstanding $5 super chat and says, Microsoft should buy Bandai Namco and get Respawn to build a Titanfall Gundam game. Have that as an exclusive would make way, ways in both East and West. Yeah, you know, I mean, the whole, t I mean, that's a great idea. Uh, for, for sure, but I don't know if they're going to get Respawn to do anything uh, outside of what they're doing for EA. I think they're just inundated with work. They just announced three Star Wars games, and hell, I'm not. I'm probably never getting my Titanfall three, which is very upsetting to be honest with you. Because damn, I, Titanfall is one of my favorite um, IPs. That along with the Division from last gen, and I don't know if we're going to get a Division three for that matter. Not the way things are going over at uh, Ubisoft currently. I I, I don't know. But uh, listen, um, I want to kind of we have 20 minutes. Well, actually, 19 minutes before the end of the show. I don't know how much longer we have Kay Asante, but uh, Kay, I want to bring you into the conversation quickly uh, at the uh, 142 mark of the show. 
uh, we're seeing some, uh, you know, uh, big uh, positions opening up at Ninja Theory. Now, obviously, yeah. they've been working on uh, Hellblade 2 for quite some time. We got a chance to see it in 2019 when they shocked the world with the in-engine gameplay. Then, of course, they came back last year at the Game Awards and gave us actual gameplay that was uh that was uh face melting gameplay <laughs> face melting gameplay and that was confirmed because it was you know it came up in conversation was that really gameplay and of course <laughs> jeff Keeley actually confirmed that yes this actually is gameplay and mm -hmm. it looked so good that people questioned it it was so seamless from the running from the movie aspect of it to her throwing the spears that people mm -hmm. like I, because there's no hud it can't be real well people are just dumb um but they forget that the first one also didn't have a HUD. It didn't have, did not have a HUD as well. <laughs> listen, if there is one team that I think is going to deliver, Cog, if you're listening, brother, hashtag just one, I mm -hmm. think it's Ninja Theory. I think it's this game. I think Hellblade 2 is going to be a banger, as the kids are calling it. I think that there is a lot to get excited about. I mean, I know that a lot of people didn't dig some of the puzzles of the original. Uh, which, you know, were somewhat frustrating. I got stuck on two that I had to bring in a second pair of eyes. I was like, hey, Mrs. Boom, what am I not seeing? And, of course, because she's a genius, she figured it out. With that said, mm -hmm. you know, we have new information that they are on a hiring spree. And I actually have those uh, positions that are open. And, it's, and, it's, and it makes me wonder, when do we actually see this game? Is it the end of this year as a surprise? Is it first quarter of 23 is it even holiday 2023 but i i have let me just pull it up right here hold on just a sec they are currently looking for someone for a senior motion capture technician mm -hmm. artist uh artist uh palettes senior character artist they're also looking for someone a senior rigger uh, and uh, and technical artist. Now, the the rigor aspect of it, I think, might be in motion caption, uh, because when you think of being rigged to something, that's again, what do I know? I'm you know, I'm just a podcast uh, podcaster, so I'm not sure. No, I, I think you're right on the money there. Yeah, uh, and I think they're and they're also looking for a senior cin cinematics uh, uh, animator. Uh -huh. These seem to be pretty large positions. Uh -huh. Now, I, again, I'm not sure how far along. I know Boxenberg is going to have a lot to say because this game has been in development for a while. Now, you have to excuse a year for COVID. That, that's a reality, yep, especially sure. for Ninja Theory, because they are very up close and personal when it comes to character animations and doing the mocap. That's like their big thing. Yep. Um, what are your thoughts on the hiring? And, and when do you expect the game? So, so the question, and, and I hear what you're saying, but why are we assuming this is for Hellblade 2? Oh, you know something? I like what you're putting down there. That's pretty because interesting. Haven't they, haven't they already kind of telegraphed two or three other games? And yes. we saw their that we saw their new their new uh, um, studios that were open. Microsoft they they had like, and anybody if you if you want to check it out, go to their YouTube channel. Like huge studios, so like. State of the monster-sized studios, dude. Awesome. They're trying to fill those seats. There's a yeah. lot of games coming out of here, out, right? And 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 some um the few insiders who we trust, uh, uh, shout out to Jess Gordon and the rest of them. You know, they've already said that there there are uh, code names, many of code names that they don't have actual uh, projects related to. A lot of these studios are ramping up to do multiple projects, right? Yeah. 
So I hear all this and it excites me, but I don't think I suspect. And, and obviously, as you said, what do we know? We're just we're just outside observers. But I don't think they're looking for anyone to finish Hellblade 2. They have every everything and everyone they need to finish that. They are trying to ramp up so they can do multiple projects at once. They're trying to ramp up so you know. I mean, they before... have Project Mara already in that's the right. making. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Boxenberger, like that's exactly what I think is happening here. You know, and beyond what they've told you is happening, there are things that you don't know that's happening, and all that requires additional work. If they have a rigor already, they are looking for other riggers to do other projects at the yes. same time. You know, mm, so yeah. I hear I hear this and this this excites me because this tells me that what they've put forth already has excited Microsoft enough to greenlight multiple projects. And that's where multiple resources come in. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I, I just I just I just pulled up uh, their staff total and, and mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a couple of years old. Obviously, mm -hmm. we're in 2022. As of 2020, they had 120 uh, people working at the studio, mm. which I believe they've hired at least 25 oh, yeah. plus people since. I, so I, I, I'm, I'm sure that'll double by by the end of this year because if you again, if you see that studio that they showed you, the rooms, the potential like resources they need to staff up to work there, it's not a nicer version of what they had. It is a complex. It is a huge like you know. It, it is a market markedly bigger than anything that you've seen from any studio so far you know what i mean just like that io one by the way just like the one in, in the the one that io uh the one IO that they that. just they just bought that's and, right and, that's and right maybe microsoft potentially paid for it i <laughs> that's don't know started, so that's why people started looking at them like hey we see you there buddy you know, you we know see what I'm you saying? i see yeah you doing so there. <laughs> you know hearing them staff up it tracks wholeheartedly for me and, and i don't think it has anything to do with oh let's get more people in to finish any of the games they've announced because i don't think they would announce a game and then wait for the staff to fill it in order to get that thing fulfilled because you announce a game theory. with a with yeah. a with a uh, with a potential uh, end date already in mind right they don't uh, a code name it stays a code name for a while until they put a name on it right and if they put a name on it and they show you some footage that tells you that they have already gone further down the rabbit hole they might need people to fill fill in some gaps of course but I, I doubt that they would do that and then go, okay, now we're gonna we're gonna staff up and hope that we get enough people in order to fulfill the, the roles. I where I come from it with is I suspect it's for projects and code names that you don't you have not heard, right? Because so far, besides Senua, which they've it, it's it's like double a-ish the first version of it, and the second yes. one, obviously, they're ramping up much higher. Right. I'm looking for a heavenly sword-esque big bombastic amazing game from them and that's still to come right we haven't seen it project mara looks like it's going to be small you know uh senu is going to be much the, the second one's going to be much bigger than the first one was but they're all they've always been kind of smaller studio shooting higher uh, um hitting above their weight uh, mainly right yeah. and it seems to me with more as the as the the confidence grows within the within microsoft to give them those resources they are becoming the you know the coalition size that they need to be in order to yes. fulfill those many roles so this just tells me that the future is bright i suspect there may come a time in the e3 time frame we call it time frame because e3 no longer exists rest rest in pc3 but you know there may come a time frame where the company comes out microsoft or or, or microsoft gaming comes out and says hey here are our offerings and you'll see another game from from uh um from them 
you know, something you'd never heard of before. And that's where these these uh, specific uh, roles come into place, you know. Very interesting uh, and great point. Thanks so much. Hey, Kay, listen, you can hang around if you want, brother, but if you got to bounce, let me know. Yeah, I think I think it's about time for me to bounce. Yes. But I, I love the conversation. Thank you guys so much for letting me hop in here and get my ones and twos off. I'm going back to my my work. I'll be listening in, and I'm also playing some, some Sifu. Oh, Lord, we'll talk about that one later. Yeah, see yeah, you guys later. Later. Great to see you, Kay, Santa. Yeah. Later, Take guys. Care, brother. Thanks later, for jumping man. in. Punk, so let's get your opinion on this, Pong. Ninja Theory. I, I I just went to the I just went to LinkedIn uh, and I I follow I follow Ninja Theory not because I'm going to work there because I ain't got a talent like that but I followed them uh, as of today it says here that they have 133 employees on LinkedIn now I, is that total I don't know but they have 133 employees that are on LinkedIn uh, that, that work at Ninja Theory so just give give people the update on that. Kay brings up a great point, man. Like I'm like, wow, you know, could they be hiring for for Senua's uh, uh, saga? But it turns out that he actually brings up a great point. No, this is probably for something new, especially in some of the positions that we said. But but I kind of want to bring this back around. When do you personally expect a Hellblade two to release? Well. I still stand firm on what I originally said. I think you can go all the way back when we first started talking about Hellblade 2 is that it's going to be at the earliest holiday 2023. Uh, I'm still thinking 2024. They're going to let this thing cook for as long as necessary. And I know people don't want to hear that, but I think, again, from where Ninja Theory has been to now, and because of the focus on the quality aspect that Microsoft and Xbox are now, uh, you know, trying to say, Hey, we, we understand uh, we need to make sure that our quality is up to par. And I think with a game like Hellblade two, you want to give this team as much time as possible. And with the pandemic and everything that has happened, setting them back, I think they're going to give them extra time if needed. Again, if the game's ready, the game's ready. But I think it, I think they're going to give this team all the time they need to make sure that this game comes out as that oh my god wow factor game right that 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 really current gen game that we all expect and and obviously comments came out today um, from one of the people over at Ninja Theory forget his name um, stating that the they expect Hellblade 2 to make Hellblade 1 look like an indie title. Yeah, that's now, Temim wow. Antoniadis. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I knew yeah. I knew somebody here. I know, I know you will be joining us on, on the World of Gaming on Thursday, and yes. it's going to be a big topic. Yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I can't wait. Uh, so, you know, those are big, bold statements. And sometimes, you know, you, you kind of, at first you're like, oh, cool. And then you're kind of like, ooh he really have said that like that's that's a big big statement but again this is a studio that wants to be considered and all studios do but i think ninja theory is really on a mission to be considered one of the greatest studios in the world right and so i think they're really going to make sure that hellblade 2 is that stamp right that that i I said it from the beginning Ninja yeah. Theory is going to be Microsoft's Naughty Dog. So have I. Uh, so have I. We're a, great minds think alike, yeah. Boxenberger. Yeah. I mean, Pong, yeah. in that interview, you know, if you look at Psychonauts, right? When yeah. Tim Schafer finally got the extra money to put in those bosses, look at what Ninja Theory has been, you know, yep. working with and look at the amazing games they made. So now, again, they have the backing of Microsoft. They're getting the talent they need and they're going to make an experience that is 
more believable and just more ambitious than what they could do before. Yeah, that next level, right? That's that's again, we talk about that all the time. These studios, I love seeing these studios that have been toiling away in this industry and have for the most part stuck together and are each each iteration, each game, each IP that they come out with is that next step up. And I think Hellblade 2 is really like we already think that Ninja Theory is fantastic. But you know, so many people, Hellblade 1 got critical acclaim so many people love that game but i think that this hellblade 2 is going to be that next level where we go yep no doubt about it like boxenberger just said and like i've said before too i do believe that ninja theory has that in them to become microsoft xbox's naughty dog where every game even if it takes a little longer to come out than 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 some other games you know when it comes out you're getting some of the best of the best storytelling, some of the best of the best action, all of it rolled into one game. And I think that that's really where they're headed. And Hellblade 2 is going to be allotted that time to make it that special. And so that's why I'm still on the train, uh, you know, earliest holiday 2023. But uh, I expect 2024, spring 2024 would be great. Uh, I think that'd be a perfect spot for a game like that. Love to see it come out then. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, hiring... As far as the hiring goes, okay, it's not they made a great point. If they are planning on expanding, I don't know how much they want to expand. Um, they may want to stay a smaller team uh, and make sure that everybody that they bring in is of uh, the the right build for their team specifically. They don't want to just grow ch- just to grow. They mm-hmm. really want to focus on making sure that everybody fits. Uh, everybody has a role. Everybody is on the same page philosophy wise, uh, philosophy wise with that structure in Ninja Theory. And so they might just be adding people as they go. But who knows? They probably do have other projects in mind. You know, Project Mara is sitting there. We heard that Project Mara is going to be a smaller uh, type project, a smaller IP, kind of a testing ground for some of their new tech. Maybe they're pushing that right now too. Maybe they're bringing some people to fill in for that uh, as well. So can't wait to see what they bring though. I'm super excited for Ninja Theory and all of this is just nothing but good stuff for us gamers. That's for sure. All good news. Yeah. At Boxenberger, let's grab your opinion on this. You know, they are hiring. Maybe they're making a, a, a spiritual or even a, a, a sequel to Enslaved Odyssey to the West, which if you've missed out on that, Ooh, that game was yeah. so oh, that was so good. awesome. So good. Stop teaching uh, came us, out, uh, the, the, That came out in 2010. That game is uh, a decade and two years old, 12 years old. I can't believe it came years. out in 2010. Uh, I mean, what what are your thoughts on on, on first of all, wh- wh- when do you think we get Hellblade two? Because I'm hoping 2024 is wrong. Pong, I want you to be wrong, brother, because that's too long to wait for this yeah. game. How long do because you, uh, you've talked about this before? How long have they been working on? Well, uh, supposedly working on Hellblade two. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. I mean, they talked uh, about uh, them taking a little break after the the first one came out. Mm-hmm. Um, that they didn't start right away with the uh, 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 development of the successor. But the, the thing is, um, I think people overestimate uh, the the kind of breaks they are talking about. They are not talking about we took three years off and just pay our entire staff and, uh, for doing nothing. Yeah? So we are talking here about a couple of months, few months, one, two, three months uh, of a break. And then, of course, staff has to return. So when we look at this, the game was released in August um, 2017. 
Um, of course, then there was a lot of work then uh, to be done to bring the game to PC to be to, to to Xbox a year later. Um, but still, somewhere uh, around that time, uh, end of 2017, beginning of 2018, that's when we assume that they started to go to start uh, the development of the project. Of course, a lot of that uh, that was early or was pre-production. They they had to find the the idea what what. Do they aim for what's the game going to be? What's the setting? What's the story going going to look like? All these pre-production kind of things. Last year in summer, they came out and said that this game is now going into full production. They are working out a certain part of the game as a vertical slice and then go out and, and produce the game from there. And... Um, a lot of people uh, look to Todd Howard as one of uh, the, the masterminds in game design. He just recently spoke about that it's actually only about one to two years um, when, when a game goes into full production until it comes out. Because that's when you put the real bulk of developers on it. Yeah, You, you get all the voice actors on board or the uh, play testers, the um, people who make the... the um, uh, all the assets, the textures, and whatnot. So, but that's only a certain part. The the big part of development is always the pre-production kind of phase where where you get the scope right for the for the game, get the the, uh, the idea right, and so on. So, where is Hellblade right now? Um, Tamim said in summer last year that they worked uh, uh, or start to work uh, that game out from that vertical slice in full production. We know that. Um, in the UK, they have uh, zero restrictions right now for COVID. So that's basically going back to normal work for them. Um, I think it's a 23 game, um, to be honest. It's a, it's, it's that would give, have given them something like five plus years to make that game. And even factoring in COVID, that is a long time. Um, especially considering uh, the the size of the team it is still for triple a titles a super small team yeah they talked about them uh, having something like a, a, around 50 people double the size of the original um hellblade team working on hellblade 2 which is re really really still small um Nevertheless, the game is going to be huge. They also said that, that they have a very big ambition. So, yeah, it is kind of hard to speculate. But given the time that they have all been already working working on this um, and the fact that in the end we always say, yeah, Microsoft needs to give them the time they need. In the end, each and every game still has to be a business case. Yeah, You can't develop a game for 15 years and, uh, and still make money off of it. So, um, yeah. My guess would be twenty three. Yeah, strong point, Mav. What, what, what do you think? What are your thoughts on Ninja Blade? Uh, Ninja Blade. Holy cow, that was actually quite a good game. Uh, Ninja <laughs> Theory. Um, and uh, when Hellblade uh, Two is going to release, because uh, Pong and he might be onto something with twenty twenty four. But I, I'm kind of thinking uh, maybe first quarter twenty three. Because if they have the remainder yeah. of the year, mind you, we're only in February, right? And people seem to be getting back to work. And, you know, there are some restrictions, though, you know, but I think work is, is moving along, especially when you bring in the motion capture that they're known for. Um, and uh, obviously, this is going to be a game that's going to be much bigger than the original. Are you thinking maybe early 23 or are you on, on board with Pong late 24, uh, uh, potentially early 24? 
I um, think either late 2023 or early 2024 would be my guess. I think it's a it's a really big game, and I think they would be targeting holiday 2023 um, with the potential that it would be pushed back into first quarter 2024. Mm. Um, so we'll see. I mean, what I think we'll have more information on that, like um, either later this year or early next year. Um, I, I this is going to be an a massive, impressive game. Yeah, you know, I mean, what they. The article uh, with the interviews, uh, he said something like, this is going to make Hellblade look like an indie game, right? Which, I mean, it technically was an indie game, but it didn't really look like an indie game, right? So they're going for, like, a bigger production with the the resources and Microsoft and everything behind them. Um, And just like like you said, they're growing, they're hiring. Um, Like, every studio that they've acquired is as well. So um, it kind of goes to show, like, from a from an Xbox and Microsoft perspective, like how they're handling these studio acquisitions, right? Uh, all of them that have come on have been saying the same thing: "Hey, they just kind of stay out of it. Now we don't have to worry about money, and we're getting to create the games that we've always wanted to make." Yeah, and that's organic think, growth, man. Organic I, growth. <laughs> There's that I word again. <laughs> that's why it's. I mean, maybe people are like, "Oh, but it's taking so long." Well, that. Some great games take a long time to make sometimes, especially Indeed if you're this yeah. ambitious, right? And that goes to show, like, maybe if Xbox didn't acquire them, maybe they would have to force out something quicker that wouldn't be as big of a project, right? And maybe their next game would have been sooner, but it maybe wouldn't be as good as what we're going to get with Hellblade 2, right? So I, I'm, I'm super, like, I, I read through that article today, and um, when it was shared uh to us in the dm so it was a super great interview and i i think that hellblade is going to be something special i think ninja theory like you guys said naughty dog you know i think it's going to be one of the su- surprises out of all this thing like like mr moriarty said why'd they even acquire a studio a studio like like ninja theory what does that do well it does a lot you know yeah, that, that was a knucklehead a statement, lot of but we, we, won't, we won't jump on that. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to prove a lot of people wrong over time about, like, what kind of studio they are. I mean, it just goes to show the the leadership there really has big aspirations, right? They really have huge aspirations on what they want to achieve. Um, I, I mean, it's going to be special, but yeah, 2023, late 2024, early, somewhere around there. If I had to put money on it, November to February in that in that time period. Yeah, the strong point. Mr. Joanna Dark, why don't you close us out of today's uh, uh, banging new episode of the Xbox Factor podcast? What, what are your thoughts on Ninja Theory uh, releasing uh, uh, Hellblade 2 in potentially holiday 2023, which would be pretty epic? It's possible. I, I'm going to go with 2024. I, I don't yeah. know. Something about me, I think that game... And the reason I'm going with that is that I think that uh, you know, Ninja Theory is, I think, in full kind of creative mode. And they want to make this game such an experience that it just blows your socks off. Yeah. And this is kind of like that that moment like Gorilla and Naughty Dog had, where you're like, oh wait, you used to make Killzone, but not, oh my god, look at Horizon. Naughty Dog used to make Crash Bandicoot, but now you gave us The Last of Us. You gave us Uncharted. And I and I think they've taken that task, um, that that kind of responsibility to kind of give that experience 
and in the sense of hiring, I guess they want to grow to make sure that they have enough, I guess, talent to make sure that they they can meet the you know those expectations to set themselves for ninja, uh, you know, for Hellblade, but also for those small projects, you know, and they can continue and kind of like a lot of big teams, right? You had at Naughty Dog, you had a team that worked on Uncharted. You had another team that kind of broke off and did Last of Us. So you kind of have that flexibility to kind of stay agile and nimble and make these small game, smaller games and kind of let those creative juice flow, kind of like, uh, you know, like God Howard said, you know, where they're making all these games and that Starfield was right after all those ideas and kind of getting back and made him hungry. And I think that, you know, the things that I saw from that trailer from Hellblade was like, wow. Like, I can't wait to boot that game up. And, you know, you know, it's it just seems like something that's going to give me an experience that I've had on, on a different level. The first one gave me the immersion. I played it in VR. The fact that I can put my headphones off and I started hearing voices and all these things and just the level uh, of the story and how everything went. It was something that I didn't experience and I couldn't believe that 20 people made that game. So uh, I really think that Hellblade 2 is going to be special. And I think the next time we see it, you know, you thought we got our socks blown off this time. It's just going to be one of those moments where we're like, whoa. Yeah. Um, well, listen, folks, what a great show. We had uh, we had breaking news with the uh, with Scalebound. We uh, we got a chance to talk about Phil Dominus Maximus Aurelius Spencer, or should I say Sir Phil? Uh, and, of course, we threw in the Ninja Blade. Uh, keep doing that. Ninja Theory, Hellblade uh, 2 uh, topic for the you know, for the end uh, of it. First of all, we had almost 400 people here. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And obviously, please hit the like button on your way out and uh, share this on social media. Let people know that there is an Xbox uh, show that doesn't use hate to sell its wares, that we actually enjoy the brand and we uh, we have fun talking about it. Let's get to the outros. We'll start first with Pong Soul, brother. Sell your brand. Tell everyone about where you're going to be at this week, what you got going on, and of course, more importantly, Talk about your Saturday show with Steel Rain, which this week not only was long, and I'm halfway through it. I got halfway through, Pong. It was a bit of a lengthy one. I got some more cleaning to do tomorrow, so I'm probably going to finish that off. But a great conversation all around. Talk about it. Yeah, we appreciate anybody who drops in there. Boom. Even if you don't listen to the whole thing. Yeah, we had four plus hours. So, uh, yeah, it was a big one. Uh, but that's kind of normal for us. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, no, this is a great show, gentlemen. Great topics. Uh, obviously, love the audibles when they happen. Boom. And that was a great conversation about Scalebound. Uh, whether people want to talk about it or not, it's something to talk about. And it is something that's intriguing. Oh, it's relevant. It's, it's relevant. It's intriguing, to say the least. Right? So, that was a great conversation. But it was great to be back here, brothers. Thank you all for the awesome conversation chat always amazing even when there's disagreements uh, you know 99 of the time in booms chat it is respectful yeah. uh, and it's just good talk and that's what it's all about we don't always have to agree on things and it's just great to have conversation and run through all the different kind of perspectives so i saw a lot of great talk in there thank you all for coming out and supporting as always Pong Soul Xbox Pong Soul on Twitter. Follow me. I will follow you back. Uh, otherwise, coming this week, uh, this is a big week. Uh, I've got uh, something recording on Wednesday night. Uh, I don't know if he's announced it yet, so I'm going to go ahead and let him do that. Um, and I don't know for sure when it's going to air, if it's going to be live or not. But uh, Wednesday night, I'm doing something, so keep your eye out for that. Obviously, I'll be tweeting about that. Thursday is a big day because I am, as Boxenberger said, joining him on his new show. What time is that at Boxenberger? Is it 2 p.m. Central it's time? It's 2 p.m. Eastern. 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 o'clock Central time. I will be joining Boxenberger. So please come over and see. Yep. Obviously, it's a great thing that you know Archimedes is 
joining the podcast world. He's on camera now. He's yeah. showing off his beautiful face. And now we've got <laughs> now we've got a show, a weekly podcast. So that's going to be a blast. Uh, so oh, join yeah. me there. And then Thursday night, of course, PM in the PM, Pong and Mav in the PM over on Fun Speculations channel. Join us there. We're going to probably have a lot to talk about. We uh, always have one, two, three topics. Uh, and that will be 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time. And then back on Fun Speculations channel for Xbox Ultimate, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. The Great Eight, give or take one or two, depending on who can show up and who can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, But Mav always has great uh, guests as well. So join us. We, we Again, it's just a fun time. We never know where we're going to go what we're going to talk about, but Xbox ultimate 9 PM Eastern, eight o'clock central time, Friday's night, Friday night, Saturday mornings, living split screen. That's right. We're going to take up your morning and maybe even part of your afternoon. So come join me and my brother from another steel rain live raw and uncut. As he says, we had four plus hours last week. Guarantee it's going to be three plus hours with him and I, uh, so come see us set your alarms early living split screen, 10 AM Eastern. Nine o'clock central time. We are on mission one K for this year. Yep. We are approaching 500 right now. So we definitely like to see some new faces, bring a friend, bring a friend on over, take a listen. If you like what you're hearing and subscribe, uh, but the living split screen Saturday morning, Saturday night, of course, the shop podcast, PTK blams channel. Join us. It is a great, great show. We just had Delilah HD on last weekend. Just awesome. We always have great topics there, and it's a great. Yeah, way she's to great, man. She's she a, is fantastic. She's good we had people. Some really good conversation there because she brings a different perspective as well. So, uh, shop podcast, eight p.m. Eastern, seven o'clock Central Time. Otherwise, I'll be back here next week, next Tuesday, uh, God willing and real life willing. So, yes. otherwise, it is the golden age of gaming, people. This is so. Freaking exciting to talk about. I just love this industry where we're going and all these great podcasts I'm on my extended families. Please enjoy it. Play what you love. Love what you play. I'm going to talk to you all real soon. Thank you, brother. And uh, you are the hardest working man in podcasting because, man, you put me to shame. Holy moly. Uh, uh, Boxing Burger, by all means, brother, sell your brand. Tell them about the video you dropped yesterday. Where could people subscribe? And you're close. You're close to 5K, ladies and gentlemen. And let's help him get over that hump. 5K is a big deal, and he is within arm's reach. Talk about it, a Boxing Burger. Yeah, I only need 40 more subs and I hit the 5K. So uh, that's hopefully uh, going to happen There's still soon. 230 people here. There's got to be somebody that's not subscribed. Get over there and subscribe to his channel. Let's help him get that 5K. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, people can find the channel uh, basically everywhere. Um, on the Boxenberger on Twitter, Xbox, PlayStation, and of course here on YouTube. Like you said, I just dropped the video yesterday talking about all these hidden secret projects that uh, the xbox publishing arm is working on yeah some of those we know like project dragon project belfry and so on uh, some others are probably not that uh, that um well known and i try to gather all the info in one convenient video um definitely check that out otherwise um this Thursday, like Pong said, I have my uh, own podcast, The World of Gaming, which has usually a smaller panel so uh, that we can cover a wide range of topics. Um, uh, and this week, Pong is going to join me. That's uh, airing 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. PT. That's 7 p.m. UK time and 8 p.m. Uh, Central Europe. So I hope to see you there. And otherwise, I'll be back here next week.
Nice, nice. And Mav, sell your brand, brother. You guys are growing at, at an incredible rate and, well, for good reason. You put great content out. You put a lot of it. Talk about your brand. Tell everyone where they can reach out to you on social media. But more importantly, subscribe to your YouTube channel. Yeah, it was a fun show today. Boom. Guys, check it out on Twitter. Fun speculation. YouTube, fun speculation, where Pong broke down a few of the shows that we got going on over there. Um, but next up is on Wednesday. That's tomorrow for Fun Pop. We do movies, TV shows, games. Talk so we talk a lot about uh, anything that does to do with like Marvel, DC, Star Wars, all that kind of fun stuff. Then on Thursday, PM in the PM, seven PM Eastern, and we have a special guest this week. Boom. Who is that? That that. That's you, sir. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's going to let Bab do the honors there. I figured I would let you talk about it. Yes, this Thursday evening, I will be on PM in the PM, and you can add a. Uh, I, I'm the M in there, the boom. Yeah. P in the B in the B. PBM. It's starting to sound like a sandwich. It certainly does. Bullets per minute, BPM. at pbm this week yeah no pm in the pm at 7 p.m eastern guys it's gonna be a lot of fun because pong and i are gonna sit down with the one and only mr boomstick uh for a great show we'll have some fun deep dives on some amazing topics there and then also friday night is xbox ultimate where we have a lot of fun it goes crazy sometimes on that show but it's okay um then saturday is fsp fun speculation podcast that one also is at 7 p.m eastern so come check it out. I just dropped that video. It finally got out of upload hell, and it it finished. So it's up. Uh, talking about this, definitely whole go check it out. Well down thing. So uh, check that video out, guys. It just dropped. Um, other than that, man, yeah, I pr- appreciate you always having me on Boom and uh, guys. This was a lot of fun today. Absolutely. And looking forward to Thursday, brother. Thank you so much for uh, the invite. And last and no way least, Mr. Joanna Dark, brother, please, by all means, talk about what other shows you're on. Where can people reach out to you on social media? And of course, strike up a conversation. Yeah, like always, it was great to have the panel back. Missed you guys. So it's always good to kind of just have the whole crew together. Um, Yeah, you can find me on Twitter under big underscore N underscore boss. And then tomorrow we have episode five of the Xbox International podcast on the Gaming Lou, on the Crazy Lou Gaming channel, because I know he's going to kill me if I don't say it. Uh, and we actually have our very first guest, which is going to be Delilah HD. So I'm very oh, excited nice, to sit down dude. and hang out um, and just kind of, you know, talk about the news, talk about, the con- you know, strike up some good conversations. Then on Thursdays, I return after a two week hiatus um, to the Nickel Gaming Show on Thursday with with uh, Albert and Jasmine. And like always, I'm here on the Xbox Factor podcast, and it's always fun. You know, I like starting my Tuesdays. I look forward to it because, you know, I'm going to talk with some amazing individuals that know a lot, and I learn a lot. And if you haven't checked Boxenberger's last video, please go check it out. It was really amazing. And let's let's get Boxenberger to 5K. Yes. Well, thank you so much for that, brother. And of course, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the new episode of the Xbox Factor podcast. Thank you for the super chats that came in today. They were really a lot of them. And I'm really grateful that you continue to support Double Barrel Gaming. Of course, if you want to take your support further, you can join in channel memberships. Uh, you can go right to the channel and sit and hit join. Uh, there are two tiers only. It's a five and a ten dollar. And uh, you'll get some cool emojis as well that you can drop into the chat while you're listening live. Uh, of course, I'm going to close out the show with something that is important to me. Hopefully one day, folks, it'll be important to you. And that's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. And I think now, 
more than ever. It's super relevant and important. He said, son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules. And I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. And we'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. 